These guys know more than your favorite team's general manager. These are the Armchair Athletes, hosted by Taylor, Terrell, and Clayton. The best place to get your craving for all the top sports. Only on CMRU.ca. Five students for you. Hello, everybody. We're here for another episode of the Armchair Athletes live on CMRU.ca. Got the energy today. It's Clayton. Terrell. Taylor. And Will. Yeah. yeah. I was I was hoping y'all would match my energy, so that's good. I'm Terrell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think we'll start in the NFL, usually where we begin. And why not start with the picks? That's a oh, very... Absolutely. Unique way to start off the NFL and, segment. And there are games happening right now, so I feel like it makes sense to get straight into the end. Merry Thanksgiving to everybody yes. south of the border. If there's anyone listening south of the border, thank you for listening to the Armchair Athletes. <laughs> we hope you en- enjoyed or are still currently enjoying whatever food you got to have. So last week's picks, I had my lock was the Texans over the Cardinals. That did go. Let's go. Uh, my upset was the Raiders over the Dolphins. That did not go. Let's not go. No. Boo. Um, by the way, I've I've lost all six of my last upsets, so let's hope it's not seven. I think you week. should just rant, do a random wheel generator. Yeah. Just pff, give up trying. I'm feeling pretty confident in my upset this week. I'll get to that right after. That's so. like me in March Madness every year. I'm just giving up on the whole thinking about what to pick anymore. <laughs> Game of the week, Bengals-Ravens. Wasn't really a game of the week material, I don't think. I don't know what you guys thought of that game. No, it was not. Unfortunate. Unfortunate events occurred in that game. Yeah. yeah. I think it could have been if it wasn't for that. But Something we'll talk about later. So week 12 picks. Here we go. Lock. Ravens over the Chargers. Chargers have been struggling. They're at 4-6. and six. They're almost on the ropes, I think. And I think if the Ravens beat them this week, that they're pretty much on the ropes at that point their season will be on the line from here on out Ravens everybody knows I'm high on that team especially if you watched the TikToks this week which if you haven't go check them out TikTok at armchair athletes Instagram at the armchair athletes Twitter at chair athletes and we've got a YouTube I haven't been posting on that as much I'm going to try and post more discussions on there but we'll see what happens. Been very busy lately. Clayton, the goaded segue. Loving so good the plug early. I know. Wow. Absolutely. We're not going to wait till an hour. He's starting to heat up today. Third season in, and he's fully, fully uh, immersed. Goaded out. I don't know. By the way, Will, Will's captions on the podcasts. I don't know if you know, you guys ever look at them, but they are. They've been pretty fire lately. He did last week. His one was running the gauntlet, which I thought was pretty funny because <laughs> we brought that up a couple times last week. Well, I had week. a couple people hit me up about the gauntlet of swears, that uh, <laughs> that miscommunication last episode. It was pretty funny. Yeah, we're, we're not in the witching hour, so we shouldn't be swearing as much, but whatever. Made for an entertaining episode. Upset. This is the one I'm confident in. Here we go. The Buccaneers over the Colts. <laughs> minus two and a half underdogs. I, crazy, I'm, I'm surprised that it's that, yeah. that high. Um, I think the Buccaneers are the better team, actually. And I really... I like how that Buccaneers offense has played, specifically. They've got great receiver duo Mm. in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I always start Mike Evans in fantasy. Consistent. consistent. You always have to start him. Baker Mayfield's played great at quarterback this season. Game of the week, my Seahawks versus the 49ers. Big rivalry matchup. And let me just say right now, if Seattle, we're going to talk about Seattle a bit more here, specifically the choke from last week. Well, but yeah. 
No, it was. It, it was. was. Yeah. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. Seattle wants to prove that they're a top team in the NFC. It's a must win. You have to win one of the games against the 49ers this year because mm-hmm. they beat you three times last year, twice in the regular season, in once in the playoffs. If you want to prove you're a top tier team, this might be a tall task here, but you have to beat the 49ers mm-hmm. once, I Absolutely. think. Absolutely. Uh, I'll go into my picks next. Uh, last week, my lock, Cowboys over Panthers. Not surprising that one hit. Um, underdog, Vikings over Broncos. That was close, but obviously didn't happen. Uh, the Josh Jobs, Lynn Sanity run came to a close against the Denver Broncos. Uh, and then game of the week, we already talked about it, Bengals-Ravens. Definitely had the potential, um, and then just didn't end up living, to, living up to the expectations that we put on it. Uh, this week, week 12, lock again. Picking the Cowboys. I picked them three weeks in a row. They haven't let me down yet, so I'm picking them again. It was looking pretty good for you, by the way, last yeah. I checked. Yeah, so that is a game that's currently happening right now. That's true. I believe, what was it, 20-10 to 10 at half, I think, yeah, is, the, is the score. Yeah, like that. But regardless, Cowboys are up uh, at halftime, so that's my lock of this week. Uh, underdog, Steelers over Bengals, and... Uh, Listen, I'm putting some putting some faith in the Steelers here. I've done it before with the Patriots, you know, picking my co-host team, showing a little faith just because I think the matchup is good. I will say I'm surprised that the Bengals are favored in that. That's matchup. another. That's another thing. I'm just a little bit shocked by that. With, uh, uh, and well, then we'll, we'll talk about. Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can get into it later. Um, game of the week: Seahawks, Niners. Listen, <laughs> I like the Seattle Seahawks quite a bit. I don't know how much I trust them to put up a good fight against the 49ers. However, picking divisional matchups always seems like a pretty solid option for a game of the week. So I'm hoping they pull it out, at least make it a good game. Um, I can go into mine now. Uh, my last week's ones, I had Dolphins over Raiders for my lock, which ended up happening, uh, right? Yeah. yeah okay, yeah, good. Yeah. I don't know why. I just I didn't really Blank. watch that game, but I just <laughs> wanted to make sure. Um kind of self-explanatory um the Raiders are kind of weird they did win a couple games <sighs> not not confident with those guys I don't know I I don't know just they're weird for me I don't I really fair. see them as a successful team they're not really an exciting team either. And no, no they're no. really boring to watch but um yeah uh so that hit um my underdog was Bengals over the Ravens last week um tough didn't happen because of a certain thing, so we will talk about it later. My game of the week, <laughs> oh goodness, uh, was uh, Steelers over Browns. The, speaking of boring teams to watch, unfortunately my team is really, really, really boring got, to watch. Like the epitome of boring NFL offense. I just thought maybe we'll have it because it's a, you know a, a, a conference matchup. I, uh, there's a chance. I don't blame you. And to be honest, both teams played very poorly. I don't think the Browns should be waltzing around like they won that game convincingly because I, I don't was, think they were that good either at all. From the get-go, I was thinking that was going to be a lunch pail game, and it was. Yeah, I kind of did too, but I kind of thought at least it'd be competitive and close, uh-huh. which yeah, sometimes which it is was. good for it the was, game of the but... week. So, yeah, we're going to get into the whole Steelers thing later, so <laughs> I won't. Anyway, it wasn't a game of the week. It was bad, but it's fine. Um, uh, for this week, um, one of my picks was uh, – is a game that already ended up finishing, which is a bit tough, but I'm going to just say it anyways. I did pick the Lions to beat the Packers, and they lost. So I'm already 0 for 1, which is tough. Tough way to start, yeah. um, (laughs) Because of the weird schedule. Thanksgiving There's a game that has already happened up here, so uh, tough, but 
I'll, I'll take it on my shoulders. We did release the picks earlier, so people cannot yeah, say we, that we I dropped them yesterday. Yeah, it was legit. Well, so, you didn't win either way, so yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, uh, tough one for Dan Campbell and the Lions. They were they were on a streak, so I thought the Green Bay's been struggling a lot recently. So, but you know how it goes. The turkeys in the system, so I guess they just true brings out the best extra motivation. Yeah. Whoa, what was that? Good sound effects. Is there a turkey in studio yeah, right yeah. now? Whoa. Whoa. Um, <laughs> my underdog is Bucks over the Colts. I made a mistake when I put it into the group chat because I thought the Colts were the underdog, but I read the bet slip wrong by accident. Um, I would think the Bucks are the better team. That's, too, yeah. So I and I that. thought this is a really weird game that could go either way, yeah. so I'm going to just pick the underdog for this game no matter who it is. Um, but, yeah, and then my game of the week um, I've been watching a lot of Broncos game recently because one of my roommates is a diehard Broncos fan. And as much as I like to clown him because they were really boring to watch at the starting of the season, they were getting blown out a lot. They are on the come up. And yes. um, they've been playing some very exciting football. The last game they played on, what was that, Thursday last week? Was it Thursday last week or was it Sunday night? Sunday. Uh, it was Sunday. Yeah, anyways, it was a very good game. Cortland Sutton had a had yeah, another really dude. good game. Um Russ is, we talked about this last week, he's almost leading every major category as a quarterback, considering, I feel like he still gets swept under the rug a lot, he's not the the best quarterback in the league, which I don't think he is at all, but he's not in any conversations around anywhere that I've seen that is showing how good he's been this year, and I don't know if it's because he was so not good last year that people are just thinking that he's still not good, but he's definitely had a bounce back season. Mm. Um, Uh. And and they're playing the Browns this week. I again, the Browns didn't play very well offensively last week, so this could be a blowout because Bronco the Broncos' offense has been playing very well recently. But at the same time, the Browns' defense is very good, and the Broncos, after getting blown up by seventy, have been one of the better defenses in the NFL since yeah. that mm-hmm. th- that day. Um, so I, I think it'll be a really good game. So yeah, the game of the week is weird for me because I don't think I've gotten one right. It's hard. It's, it's it, it always subjective. Ends up, yeah, it just ends up falling flat usually, which yep. is yeah. unfortunate. It just but depends what you This like. NFL season, we haven't had a lot of shootouts, and it's yeah. usually shootouts between teams that we would never pick for game of the week if it was. Yeah. yeah. The, the one week where we really all kind of nailed it was the was it Texans Texans Bengals and yep. Ravens Browns. I didn't pick week. them that week. I think I think that was I a week that San Francisco either. and. Philadelphia, Philadelphia, maybe? Saw, maybe that's what it was. I don't know. But yeah, most of the time, though, it's like. Like we've seen some shootouts from in some games that shouldn't be shootouts, mm. but or like like games that don't mean it. Like the Broncos early on against the Bears, yeah, and it ended up being probably the game of the week, and no one's gonna pick that because they were both struggling. Yeah, I'm just um, thinking of like last year where I don't know up there for game of the year was like Bills Vikings that OT yeah, thriller, the one with that uh, uh, Justin Jefferson catch. Yeah. yeah, and that was like late in the season, right? Mm. Like that was like I think both teams were in the playoffs. There, there was that one. There was the Vikings Colts. Was yeah, that comeback. that one was nuts. Yeah. There's always the odd game that you see where you're like, yeah. I don't know how this was such a good game, but it was. So. Yeah, uh, I'll get into mine. Uh, my lock last week was the Lions over the Bears, and that almost didn't hit. They had a late, late comeback. Yeah. Uh, my upset was the Rams over the Seahawks. Sorry, boys. Had Boo. had to happen. You cursed us. Yeah. Um, it's all Will's fault. Yeah. Had to happen, though. Uh, and my game of the week was Vikings-Broncos, which honestly was a pretty, pretty exciting good. game. Yeah. Ended close. 
I, I, like I said before, they're a lot more exciting to watch than the first few weeks. Yeah. 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 Um, this week, my lock is the Dolphins over the Jets, divisional matchup. And I don't think it'll be close. Who's the starting quarterback for the Jets? Tim Boyle. Tim, Tim Boyle. Boyle. Does that not sound like the most generic professor or like? Sounds m- like an AI generator. Yeah. It sounds like a, like a like a insurance broker. Yeah. 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 But he's gonna, yeah. be, <laughs> but he's gonna be cooking. Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna be boiling. <laughs> hey. oh. uh, my upset is the Giants over the Patriots. That's this is crazy. the toilet bowl. This that is, might this be even worse than the Bears. That might be even yeah. worse than the Bears. Broncos. This is the toy Bears Broncos. This is so bad. Or the yeah. or the Bears, Bears Panthers. Panthers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel bad for anybody I'm, who has to watch this. I'm but not I'll be right there watching with you. It, sorry. Um, my game of the week is Ravens Chargers. I think this has op- an opportunity to be a shootout. Definitely could be. Hey, you could pick any game. Yeah. The toilet bowl could be a shootout for all we know. No, it's true. No, it's a it great, great, Tommy? great quarterback matchup no. as well That's between true. Justin Herbert and Lamar. Yeah, great quarterback matchup between Mac Jones and Tommy DeVito. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, boy. well, not the Bagel even Boy Mac had Jones. a good week last week. He did. So we'll there's, probably get in. There's been no name starter for the Patriots. So. Oh really? Bills yeah. going in. There we go. <laughs> Sending over. Might Belichick. be better at quarterback than GM. That's true. Yeah. Um, I think we should maybe move on. Yep. I was thinking about I've been thinking about it. And I just keep forgetting to do it. Uh, NFL awards picks. We are, I wanted to do it at the midway point, and obviously we're a few weeks past that now. But I figure we do it anyways. Starting off with maybe one of the I, well, I wouldn't say worst, like the least decided MVP yeah. uh, race so far. There's just a lot of guys that are up for it, and we've seen like CJ Stroud get that consideration, especially a couple weeks ago. I think that would be insane if CJ Stroud won. He's rookie unfortunately end. the last two weeks have not been nearly as good as the weeks prior to that. Yeah. Um, which is, but I think tough. he's Lamar's another one that's in that conversation. He's beaten out Lamar for stats the last two weeks. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, probably. Lamar never gets the counting stats just because his uh, he always gets touchdowns poached by Gus Edwards and their running backs. Yeah. So they he'll have a, he'll he'll be missing out on some numbers, but I think the impact on that team is very high. And that is a guy I wanted to bring up for the MVP race at the moment. I believe Jalen Hurts is leading in MVP odds. I yeah, don't know if that's yeah. who I would pick, mm-hmm. but so it's. I was looking this up. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to know who is the first rookie to ever win NFL MVP. Yeah, there's only ever been one, and it was Jim Brown. I was gonna say Jim Brown. That makes makes, sense. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you, when you have um, a na- stadium named after you, you might have been pretty good. Probably okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the MVP. I was just saying Jalen Hurts is the uh, I believe leader in odds right now, but it's not like by a wide margin or anything. I um, don't think he's the most impactful player on that team. And no, that's one thing I was going to say is their offense is just so good. I think it's hard to give it to an individual player when the rest of their offense is so good. And I think that kind of affects A.J. Brown in the Offensive Player of the Year Mm -hmm. uh, rankings as well. Mm -hmm. However, I can understand um, the rationale behind it. It's just like good quarterback on the best offense leading and has a high record. I have a question. Has there ever been a linesman that's ever won? I don't think they ever won any awards like ever. Like offensive linemen? Yeah. Mm. Has there ever been an offensive lineman to win anything besides community? I know a lot of them win the community award. Oh, Walter, Walter Payton. Payton. I know sure. um, the guy from the Broncos last year who I don't think plays for the Broncos anymore. He's a guard. Won it last year. Can't remember what his name is. But. No idea. Because um, I was thinking, as much as he's had a lot of hype for other things recently, Jason Kelsey is a very impactful player. For oh yeah. Team. Now, okay. The because it's not the type of play that everybody watches. No, that's what I was going to say. Is you don't they don't put up numbers really. No, that's and the it's a lot of it is like subjective grading. Like PFF will put out grades, and unless you're like giving up zero pressure, zero sacks, mm. um, and it's, it's like something it's that can be that's charted. It's not a very 
oh my goodness, statistic-driven position. Yes, because like you look at Tyree Kill is on pace to put up 2,000 yards. You're like, wow, that's fantastic, good work. But you're not going to look at Jason Kelsey and be like, well, he's only given up two sacks on the season. Because although that was, is impressive, it's just oh, not yeah, the same is. type. I of. was going to say MVP is a very quarterback-driven award. Yes. Do you think Christian McCaffrey has? I think he no. could be in there. Really? Well, He'll be so? in the discussion. He's not going to win it. Which really? is sad. I feel like, like I don't I've, know why it's a quarterback. Yeah, I don't like I don't, that. It's, yeah, it's only because what else? What's he's more valuable? He's having an absolutely. He's been pretty valuable for. He's the been team. the most valuable player on the Niners. I'd make the argument. Yeah, but the other of the thing three is, losses is Brock being not good. Yeah, that's fair. But at the same time, how many other pieces does he have around him? He's got Kittle. He's got Ayuk. He's got Debo. He's that's I just feel like in the games he's had impacts, they haven't had as big of impacts. That's fair, but I just don't like. You ask anybody who watches any amount of football, they're going to say quarterback is like the most influential influential position on the yeah. field. I think they should just change the name. They should, they should do two MVPs. They should do well, quarterback MVP. Offensive player of the year has effectively just become the best non-quarterback player. Mm, that's true. Um, but as I was saying, we kind of went off the rails a little bit there. <laughs> MVP pick, it's just tough. There isn't like a real solid front runner. I think Jalen Hurts probably will, assuming the Eagles continue to put up um, a winning record, and if they're nine and one right now, if they win out the rest of the season, I think it would be hard to argue against him. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I think Mahomes still deserves to be in that conversation alongside Lamar. Um, and I guess really it depends on: do you value, like, do you, <laughs> would you rather have the guy who has every weapon around him and is performing slightly better, or the guy who has no weapons around him and is still performing like above expectations for that offense? Because I think that's the argument for Jalen and Mahomes. Yeah. And then, like we said, we have guys like uh, C.J. Stroud that were kind of poking around that race, too. And like you guys mentioned, <laughs> Christian McCaffrey. Um, you could look at C.J. Stroud and think that besides people that are rookies that have standed out, he doesn't have as much weaponry as... Oh, yeah, no. His offense isn't great either. No. Like Tank Dell kind of just came out of nowhere. Tank Dell, Nico Collins had a big jump. Uh, Robert Woods has been pretty good for a veteran. Yeah, Dalton again, but Schultz. it's like Dalton the Schultz team great, that yeah. he has versus the team... Hurts has especially, but yeah. even as much as Mahomes has had struggles in the last couple of weeks, I feel like a couple of Mahomes' players are a little bit more prone to success than... I think that's really solely because of Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Because we've seen, <laughs> we saw this week what happens yeah. when you don't got any receivers yeah. in that receiver room. I just um, think it would be interesting to see Stroud be in that conversation. Oh, and yeah. I think he still is. Even if he the last two weeks be. haven't been as good, it's because he had a 400-yard passing. Like, last week I think he still finished with, like, 275 or 280 passing yards. He, he's, been, he's been fantastic. I just don't think, like, the narrative. The, re- the record is such a big thing, too, as much as a lot of people say, oh, it's not the record. It's Yeah. If you're eight and one, well, nine and one now. You're yeah, eight and one now. Nine and nine. nine. For if you're Hurts. nine and one, you're a Super Bowl favorite. Everybody's gonna look at you and think that's that's because of you. Yeah. Which a lot of the time, when you look deeper, it might always not always be because of that. But it just in any sport, record plays a part, no matter yeah. what. Like, no matter what. Really. Yeah. So I'd say to maybe finish off the MVP discussion, I think Jalen Hurts probably will end up winning it, assuming his offense continues to perform. However. I don't really agree with that. I think Patrick Mahomes probably still deserves it, and Lamar Jackson as well. Um, the way that I kind of look at it is how much worse would their team be if they had like a replacement-level player at quarterback? And I think the Eagles would still be a serviceable offense, but if you put like an average NFL quarterback in the Chiefs system, they're going to be like horrific. I, I don't think the Eagles struggle that much 
with a service level quarterback. No, I think they just have the talent good enough everywhere else that yeah. they'd be they'd be fine. They would obviously still wouldn't be as good because Jalen Hurts is a great quarterback. Mm. But yeah, I think they'd be fine. And kind of the same thing with Lamar. I think he adds so much to that offense that it's kind of hard to argue against him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would like to see Lamar win another one. So maybe that would be my pick. Would be Lamar, and I think who will probably end up winning is Jalen Hurts. Unfortunately, now offensive player of the year. Um, this one is really coming down to two guys are kind of separating themselves from the rest of the pack here. Uh, guy we already talked about, Christian McCaffrey, and then guy we very briefly mentioned, uh, Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Um, it's tough, but I think we're seeing something that we might – it's going to be tough to replicate with anyone else with Tyreek Hill going for 2,000 yards, at least on pace for it at the moment. Um, and he's starting to put up the touchdowns as well. That was kind of like the discussion between him and McCaffrey. McCaffrey has all these touchdowns, and Tyreek just really isn't putting up the same kind of numbers. But I believe Tyreek Hill has nine touchdowns now at uh, week 12 in the NFL season. And what is McCaffrey has 11? Uh, yeah, 14? Tyreek's at nine right now. I'll just check McCaffrey quick. I want to say he had a couple multiple touchdown games. Yeah. So yeah. he probably has got 13 or 14. Um, He is currently sitting on nine as well. So that was like... Really? Yeah. Oh. He's kind of he started off the season super hot and then since then he's kind of uh gotten s- lower and lower each time and he hasn't put up a touchdown in a couple weeks now after having that obviously that ridiculous Oh, didn't he streak. not have a touchdown last week? Uh no. Oh, okay. So are you looking at just rushing touchdowns or is it all? Oh, that's true. That is true. There we go. Cuz I'm pretty sure he had a uh, receiving like all Yeah. I don't think I was like 9 is really low. I haven't been mm-hmm. fantasy so I was like I think he had more than that this last week. Maybe that is total touchdowns, actually. Really? Hmm. I'm just I'm looking right now. If you guys want to, if you guys want to have a discussion yeah. on your own about Tyree Kill and Christian McCaffrey, I'll keep the stats going. I think it's honestly pretty self-explanatory. There's not much that deep to go into. Mm-hmm. They're both having ridiculous seasons. I don't think there's really anybody that close. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of. Well, you mentioned AJ Brown, and he's been good, but he hasn't been on that level. I'd say. Yeah. Now. Defensive player of the year, me and Terrell were talking about this earlier this week. We talked about how it seems this award only goes to edge rushers, yes. which is we have Miles Garrett down right I here. I just want to talk about McCaffrey. He has five receiving touchdowns and nine I, was, I just had that set up. I oh, okay. That it's makes 14. sense. We didn't, we didn't really finish it. I still think Tyreek so Hill. I was like nine. That number seems Yeah, low. that's fair. But, yeah, so we don't have um, – I still think Tyreek will probably end up winning that just because – Putting up 2,000 yards as a receiver is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So um, he'd be my pick for it. But, yeah, we'll keep on going to Depoy. Um, and like Clayton was saying, we did talk about this briefly uh, off air um, in that it seems to be, like we were talking about with MVP, how it seems to be a quarterback-only award. People are, I think, starting to realize how valuable uh, edges and pass rushers are for defenses. And we're seeing that reflected in Defensive Player of the Year voting. And that's not to say that Miles Garrett doesn't deserve it. I think he has been the best defensive player in the NFL uh, this season so far. Um, but I just we I feel like you have to have like the season like of your life to even get considered for it as a anywhere else in the field middle well, linebacker. I mean, corner. I guess you look at the people like Lawrence Taylor and those guys back in the day. They kind of played Garrett's position, and they were just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the edge rusher has been a bit more prominent recently. In the last like 20, 30 years, I feel like the it, the middle interior of the defense was the people that used to get the awards a lot more than now. Mm-hmm. But I could be completely wrong. But I feel like that's a fair statement to say. Like the Lawrence Taylors, the Reggie, well, Reggie White was, I guess, was an edge. Was he not? He is like yeah, defensive end. Mm. Um, either way, I think there's just more 
defensive tackles and and stuff like that that won. Um, but maybe I could be wrong. But yeah, I think it's just it's just that like I like I mentioned, um, it's just a lot of the value is really important. Uh, rushing, rushing the passer is like kind of the biggest thing and in the athlete, NFL right now. Athletes wise, they've gotten a lot more athletic than back yeah, in the day too. True. So it's a little bit more of a like um, the last. Yeah. And I just wanted to double check, make sure I was correct. But yeah, 2019 last non uh, edge rusher. Well, I guess Aaron Donald, but he's effectively just a pass rusher as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephon Gilmore won it at cornerback, and then before that, it was Luke Keekley at uh, middle linebacker in 2013. Mm-hmm. So it's just a long, long list of edge defenders and then as yeah, you start I going say, back I think I, I don't know if I classify Aaron Donald as much of a he's not an edge but he is like a, a pass rusher he has yeah. a lot of versatility mm-hmm. um but yeah what I was mean, the last like actual defensive tackle uh JJ what JJ what Terrell Suggs Charles Woodson James Harrison is it like John Randall we're going way back here Warren Sapp 1999 okay so it's just yeah like last safety to win at Paul Amalu in 2010 like Goat. yeah they're just it seems like it, it is becoming just closer to the mvp award where people understand that edge is like one of the most important positions on the football field so edges are going to continue to win defensive player of the year um and yeah like i said miles garrett tj watts also up there um micah parsons there's lots of good options i think you could argue max crosby as well mm-hmm. uh aiden hutchinson i think is up there in odds he's been having a pretty good season so far um but yeah, I th- still think my pick is Miles Garrett, and that was my pick at the start of the year. So shout out to me for that, I suppose. Offensive Rookie of the Year. There's really not a debate, I don't think, at this point. Yeah, we kind of already made the argument. <laughs> Puka Nakua. Hey, I mean, TJ Stroud's up there for MVP conversation, so obviously he's going to be leading the pack in the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, Puka Nakua maybe looked like he could have, like, make a run for it and then he's kind of slowed down he slowed yeah. down right when Stroud's production was going up mm. um so it's kind of it, I think it'd be tough for him to make a comeback at this point um I know I picked Bijan Robinson at the start of the year I didn't think that Arthur Smith would he, treat he, him as a distraction yeah I was gonna say he looked like a lock to win uh, offensive the first of the couple year. weeks of the season yeah did you, I don't know if you guys saw this tweet but it was like comparing NFL players to Thanksgiving uh dishes mm-hmm and so they compared Bijan Robinson to the turkey because when done right, he's the main event. But if uh, somebody doesn't know how to cook it, it just ruins everything. It's very fair. <laughs> it's very yeah, fair. It's Arthur very Smith true. is unaware of how to cook a turkey, unfortunately. <laughs> now, I was just thinking about this. Picking Bijan at the start of the season when Offensive Player of the Year, I think, made sense. Yeah. And then as I continue thinking about it, I was like, well, he drafted Kyle Pitts, which is like kind of the same thing. Who's like... Super athletic, super versatile, like not really a position that gets drafted super high and then ended up not using him anyways. And it's the same thing with Bijan. Super athletic, super versatile, drafted him higher than people probably would have recommended for a running back, didn't end up using him anyways. And so I think Bijan had the potential to win Offensive Rookie of the Year if he was used correctly, but it just hasn't happened uh, in Atlanta. So C.J. Stroud, kind of a lock, running like away with it. people like Kyle Pitts could um, definitely, like, flourish somewhere else for sure yeah yeah it's just he he doesn't get used like we saw he gets um, used as a pass blocker a lot yes and we saw like johnny smith running on the goal line instead of Bijan robinson which is like art like i understand you're trying to be different but and he's spoken about how he hates fantasy football players and doesn't like that he, they get mad about him not playing Bijan, and he says that they're not playing fantasy football but it's like at some point you got to just 
put your best players on the field and let them be good players. Yeah. Kyle Pitts is a fantastic tight end, and he when he does get used, he looks great. Same with Bijan, and it's just disappointing when you don't see uh, the kind of production that you would expect out of um, players like that. The year, CJ Stroud, I think he's got it locked up. Last time I looked at the odds, it was like minus 4,000 for him to win. <laughs> so pretty heavily in his favor. Yep. Now, kind of a two-man race here. We got defensive rookie of the year, Jalen Carter, and then our Seattle Seahawk, Devin Witherspoon. Um, it's a tough one. I think they've both had a pretty big impact on their teams individually. Not to sound like a homer here. No, I, I, I'm I, not a Seattle fan, and I think Witherspoon's been very, very good. I think Witherspoon deserves the award, and that's not to say Jalen Carter is not a fantastic D-tackle, and he hasn't been great in Philadelphia. But I think um, coming into the league as a rookie, especially at cornerback, and being as good as he is, uh, is incredibly impressive. And I think we kind of got spoiled with Sauce and Tariq Woolen and how good they were coming into the league I like was, immediately. I was going to say Devon Witherspoon's getting Sauce Gardner level hype. It's 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 up there. He just he makes those highlight plays where it's like popping off the screen like immediately. Like he had that hit on Arizona. I think it was Rondale Moore. He just blew the guy up. Uh, the pick six against the Giants. Um, another big hit against the Giants. He just had so many good plays like Suplex that. Suplex the guy. Suplex the guy, which should not have been a penalty. No fun league. Stupid. Whatever. Um, but yeah, I think he just he makes the plays that are gonna get people to like watch him and. He's efficient, and he's great as a rookie at cornerback. It's very impressive. I think Devon Witherspoon really deserves it. Um, comeback player of the year. As much as <laughs> offensive rookie of the year is a lock, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find someone other than DeMar Hamlin uh, to win this award. Um, Which now, we have our thoughts on. I think he absolutely deserves it, in my opinion. Being able to come back from that injury at all, let alone actually going out there and playing, is pretty impressive. Um but I think also at the same time, as much as it's like a given, I think we should have some discussion around other people that might be in there as well. I was I was gonna say like, I hate to be that guy I know, on this show because he does. It's like super impressive. But I what feel he did. like oh, to be to, alive deserves something. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> to come back from that, amazing, amazing story. There, there's just, no doubt about that. With that being said, <laughs> it's just like. He doesn't. Yeah, he's not actually playing. It's like the thing in the NBA where it's like Udonis Haslam is the oldest player in the NBA, but he doesn't is, play. Doesn't play. Well, comeback player is a story award. Yeah, right? yeah so. I know, but I just feel like with Gino last year, it was because he played. Well. Yeah. Yes, and that's. But as it much a good as yes, story. it's a story. Yeah, I know, but it wasn't like a tragic story that yeah. led into this. This should they should make almost like a. Oh, God, I don't know, like a different award for that kind of thing. But the, Perseverance award. Yeah, be, yeah, yeah, or something like that. That would be too specific, and then if there wasn't, like, someone that fit that, they would just be scrambling for somebody. Yeah, that's true. Be like, oh, this guy, like, broke his toe, and he came mm. back. That's pretty cool. Mm. Um, but I think I do agree, and I understand what you're saying, I think, but I think DeMar Hamlin deserves it regardless. At the same time, like like we have listed down here, I think Josh Dobbs would be up for it because he's been fantastic this year. I think the thing if, is – go ahead. Well, What's the qualification for this award? It's what needs to be outlined. Yeah. Because. Do you have to play a full season? Do you have to play a full season? Do you have to play well? Do you, like, if you do, uh, if you do get hurt or if you do get injured or, I guess, extreme case of DeMar Hamlin, which, and I'm, I'm, I don't want to be sounding like a jerk here, but the thing is, is now, Amazing story, the whole DeMar Hamlin thing. It's remarkable that he came back from that. It's remarkable he's playing football. 
But what qualifies for the comeback player of the year award? You could is say what Brian saying. Robinson could have won it because he got shot like eight times. That's you could yeah. say yeah. You could say Aaron Rodgers could win it this year in the last ten games if he even comes back, which would be ridiculous because he tore his Achilles and he has a chance of coming back in a couple weeks. That's like yeah. even if he doesn't play well, like does that count? Like it's it's that's a weird thing for me. It's kind of like the Walter Payton Man of the Year though, right? Like it's not to yeah. do it's, it's totally as much. subjective. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Um, yeah, DeMar Hanlon's leading the odds for it, which is kind of not surprising. we got Tua, Josh Dobbs, Lamar Jackson, and then Aaron Rodgers. And then after that, it's just like the field at I, plus I think 4, Josh Dobbs would be the second choice. I think yeah, if, I think so if we're going from, uh, like, okay, in Tua, the NBA. Tua, I agree with two. Yeah, in the NBA, there's the most improved. So maybe that would be the other award. There's comeback player and there's most improved. Yep. I think it would be better to do that. Because then comeback Most improved would make sense because they didn't get in, like, they just improve their play. Yes. So, like, and this year maybe that's Russ, Russell Wilson. Yeah, I would say maybe. Josh Dobbs fits Josh in. Josh Dobbs also fits there. But, yeah, and then comeback player of the year, like season-ending injury, like Joe Burrow won it, Alex Smith won it. Um, I'm trying to think of other people who've won it. but and then obviously Yeah, like Gino. Alex Smith makes sense. Alex Smith makes sense because You he, could say Aaron Rodgers makes sense because yeah. he should be out for an entire year and he comes back from an injury. Yeah. You could say, obviously, DeMar Hamlin makes sense. Um, yeah, he does. I don't know. There's there's a lot of play that happens. It happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So especially in football, injuries are it's, usually pretty long lasting. Yeah. That um, they should make. Not that they want to promote injuries, <laughs> but like they can make, like a almost like what you say, Clayton, like a pure perseverance award. Mm. But it's not based on performance of how you played. It's just you came back from an injury that yeah. is bad and you're playing well. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Whereas this, the other one could be, you were not good last year. And, and you now improved. you're good. Yeah. And I feel like that maybe is the distinct distinction that should be made mm-hmm. in separate awards. But mm-hmm. it is what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. I think if DeMar Hamlin wins, he deserves it. And I think if, you know, Josh Dobbs or Tua or Lamar that's, or whoever wins, they also deserve it. That's what I was going to say was that, like, there shouldn't be too much argument over comeback no. player of the year. Like, no. who, who, whose tragedy was worse. Um, <laughs> yeah. Who almost died the best and then oh, came back? No. That's what the award is. <laughs> Basically. Um, and then uh, – Coach of the year, I think there are a few good options here. Um, the standout one, D'Amico Ryan's in Houston. I think they kind of just found all the pieces in one offseason, put them together. They found head coach, quarterback, and a new offensive coordinator all in one offseason and just completely turned the team around. Uh, Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota is, like, another good choice just because, obviously, the Kirk injury and the Justin Jefferson injury and everyone was kind of counting them out, myself included. I didn't think that they would – uh, stay afloat like they have, um, I think is really impressive for him to uh, kind of right the ship and have him going in the right direction again. Uh, and then the Lions, Dan Campbell, they're playing uh, eight and two football. I can't remember what the stat was. They haven't been not had this record. Anymore. Eight and three. Oh, eight and three. Oh, True, they lost today. Um, yes. Yeah, so, never mind. Dan Campbell sucks. Actually, <laughs> he shouldn't be in contention for the award. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, yeah that's kind of the same thing. He's turned the season turned the franchise around in a few years here and I think he does deserve that award. However, the distinction I think being a first year coach and turning the franchise around in one season is incredibly impressive. So mm. I think D'Amico Ryan's is probably my pick there. Mm-hmm. Um cuz I think the Lions were pretty good last year. Yeah, that's that's kind of that was kind of yeah, my thing. They were as well. on the come up. They they have they he's been there since the start of the turnaround and they've just been slowly improving mm-hmm. uh, season by season and D'Amico Ryan's kind of did it all at once mm-hmm. with like I said, rookie quarterback, new offensive coordinator, new head coach, and just completely changed the outlook of that team. Yeah. So 
Uh, I'll go back through my picks again if you guys want to disagree with me. I have one thing to say because it reminded me Kevin O'Connell with the injuries. Yeah. Do you not think offensive rookie of the year Jalen Addison could be in there? Jordan, Jordan Addison. Addison. Jordan Addison. Sorry. I think he could be, but he's not gonna win. I don't. I think he deserves to be in the discussions alongside. That's, like, I was just saying a mention. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't yeah. think there's a chance that he's. I we all yeah, know who I think the guy is gonna win. But he he's filled in. Ridiculous wonderfully for Justin Jefferson after that injury and he's kind of proved that he could be like the number one guy um looked he's looked yeah you're right he's looked absolutely fantastic so with that one game the game before Kirk went out when they were like one and four I think they were and everybody was like ooh this is a game and then he had like 200 yards receiving I think he the did. the game I think was against the 49ers was that um, it Didn't they I, don't know, the 49ers? I don't know if that's the game I'm thinking of but or there was a game where he went off. I think it was early on in the season. It was, I think, the game or two games before Kirk went out, and Kirk had a really good game, and he had His, a ridiculous game. That, uh, that is the game I was thinking of was the 49ers game because he put up 123 yards and two TDs. Mm, maybe that's what it was. And is that in Minnesota? Uh, yes. Okay, then that was probably that's the That's the game I was thinking of because that's when it was like, like getting down to it. Like you got to beat the 49ers because – you're in trouble if not. You're in trouble, and they did, and they looked great, and Jordan Addison had looked fantastic, and he had that one long touchdown that was just that like, was That's okay. That's again. That was, again, that was just like a fantastic play. and So, yeah, I agree. He should be in the discussion. However, it's just kind of like C.J. Stroud's running away like with it. it. So, again, go through my picks quick. Uh, MVP, I, I would take Lamar Jackson, I think, at this point. Uh, offensive Player of the Year, Tyreek Hill. Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Miles Garrett, Offensive Rookie of the Year, C.J. Stroud, Defensive Rookie of the Year, uh, Devon Witherspoon, Comeback Player of the Year, uh, Demar Hamlin, and then Coach of the Year, D'Amico Ryans. I don't uh, have a problem with any of those. Okay, no. Will, do you have anything to say? No, those all sound good. I think the most uh, one still up in the air is MVP. Yes. Yeah. Which honestly, don't mind. No. And I, I think I like Defensive that, Rookie yeah. of the Year is going to be tough. Yeah, but I think there's decided people that are that have yes. a chance, but. The winner is Between very up. I think that's, it's got to be Witherspoon. That's like that's the difference for me is that MVP it could be any number of people, or is I think the offensive rookie of the year is kind of up in the air between one or two. Yeah, guys. I just I, I don't know. I think it's leaning toward the Witherspoon spot. Yeah, so yeah, but. yeah. But I mean, hey, listen, I do not mind MVP being this wide open at this point in the season. I think it's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't mind Usually having it's a consensus. Like, yeah, early by this on. point, yeah. And normally it's consensus Patrick Mahomes, which is like fair enough, but. Their offense just has not been the same this season. So you are, we'll move on to our points, I think. You already mentioned six upsets in a row for Clayton have not hit. Uh, we're, we're, we're ending that streak this week. <laughs> not seven. The, uh, the fire, Buccaneers. Fire those cannons. Let's go. Yeah, Bucks. let's go. Buccaneers. We're Buccaneers fans <laughs> on this show right now. Um, and then, as we kind of alluded to throughout our picks, Joe Burrow out for the season. Uh, it was like a wrist ligament injury, I believe. I thought it was like a yeah. No, no, cruciate's in your leg. Um, yeah, it's like a, it's almost. It was almost like what happened to Tommy John, but it wasn't that bad. It was like I think I believe it was like wrist or something in the hand, because mm-hmm. uh, there was the clip of him on the sideline going to throw the ball and just like couldn't even get his hand. Which was so weird. It was. It was really weird. So I um, was gonna bring up about that, as I put down here now. Jake Browning, quarterback one in Cincinnati. Of course, I did my tiers of NFL teams earlier this week on the TikTok. I already shouted out the TikTok earlier in the episode. Go follow it. Um, but I put Cincinnati in the possibly tier, which was the middle. And the reason why I didn't move him down 
was because we haven't seen much of Jake, Jake Browning. Browning. Yeah. He might be able to play decent. Like, they're a 5-5 five and five record. He slots in, and they have a very good right. t- offensive team besides him. So Right. They've got a good running back, Joe Mixon. They've got good receiving core, which I'd is— argue one of the best in the league, if not the best. I think yeah. it probably is at full health. Yeah. It's, it's top three for sure. At the very least. And so if Jake Browning can play good enough yeah. for them, I think that— They've got a real chance at playoffs and real chance to get back on track. The only thing is the AFC North is just so tough. And the so AFC, tough. there's so many teams right now in the AFC that could make the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's Ridiculous. why I put them in that tier. And I want to know what your guys' thoughts, whether you think... I mean, I'm going to wait till Cincinnati plays a game before mm-hmm. I see they're in trouble. Or I guess wait till Jake Browning plays a game with Cincinnati. Mm to see kind of whether that team's in trouble or not. Mm. But I want to know your guys' thoughts there. Um, I think it's disappointing, and I think the expectations for the Bengals have moved from Super Bowl contender to, like, sneaking in the playoffs. playoff team, yeah. Which is really disappointing because that's just how much Joe Burrow elevates that team. And you could see, especially in that game against the Ravens, he was, like, moving around really well, and they're bringing up on the broadcast that uh, he looked really good in the pocket compared to the start of the season. Just in terms of, I think mobility. without having an ankle injury, that was kind of the calf, yeah, or calf injury that yeah. was kind of hindering him. Yes, he he looked a lot better, and yeah, he just he looked so much better. And then obviously it's a very unfortunate injury. Jake Browning came in, I believe he threw a touchdown, like right at the end of the game, garbage time to Jamar Chase. So yeah, maybe he keeps him afloat enough just to like, and their defense is pretty good, keeps him afloat to just sneak in. But again, it's just tough in the AFC North how close that division is. Same with the rest of the NFC or AFC, like you said. I just, I don't know. And if we're speaking of AFC North teams on the come-up, Steelers, Matt Canada is we gone. Can't, I don't know if we could say they're on the come-up. I think okay. we could say that they're happy to be gone from their old ways. Okay, yeah. I think Well, we haven't seen that yet. That's true. That's, what I'm, say, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I, that's what I meant. Like, they're not on the come-up. Okay. I think they're happy to on be on the cusp on, of being on the cusp. Yeah. <laughs> we're almost Double there. Cusp. We're a year yeah. away from a year away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah, Matt Canada has been fired. We were kind of calling for it for, really, I mean, weeks and weeks and weeks since the start of the season. Poor Taylor has been watching this Steelers offense for forever. And I must say, it is a, it's got to be a, the biggest feat in NFL history that we have a 6-4 a and four record. Yeah. We have the same record as the Seahawks. Yeah. With know, the worst that's, offense. That's, it's always, it's, I was just thinking about that. It's so funny that we're 6-4. and four, We're like, oh, man, like they really aren't looking too good. And then Steelers are over there 6-4. and four. Kenny Pickett at quarterback just fired Matt Canada. It's like the Bob least. It's just, it's so crazy. But, yeah, the expectations are totally different. But at the same time, it's like. I mean, I think our division is harder than your division. Yeah. So to be in the context, contention at 6-4, and four, yeah. the Browns game was Tough. A, a tough one. I tough. don't think they're very good. Browns? No. And to lose to them the way we did is tough. It was tough. very disappointing, yeah. And I think that was the one matchup in the division that we probably should win because mm-hmm. I think the Bengals, like we said, I mean, Jake Browning obviously is a big question mark, but I think the rest of their team is just very, very good, very good and on offense. If he, if the Steelers can't get the pressure, they usually do because they're Steelers. very good defensively. And TJ Watt. Um, so if they can rush him, Browning, then I think we might have a good game on our hands. Again, yeah. it'll probably be a defensive game. We'll have three defensive touchdowns and no offensive ones. But um, 
yeah, I'm I'm happy that at least we can move on. I I'm afraid Matt Canada has now been fired. So as Terrell Ter- wrote down here, Najee Harris will improve his forty time to hey, four point one. Hey, I've slandered that guy enough. Kenny this, Pickett this year fifty touchdowns. <laughs> I've slandered Najee Harris enough this this season, but I wouldn't be mind if he just randomly came out and had a good game. For yeah, us. I I'm not sold on Pickett. I don't like him at all. I don't think it's all Matt Canada's fault. I think. Pickett's just not that good. Yeah. If he yeah. comes out and has a good game this week, then we know. Then we know it was Matt Canada. Yeah. I just those some of those throws last week. I'm sorry, I don't like to toot my own horn, but I'm a pretty good flag football player myself. I think I can <laughs> oh. make those throws. I think I can. Kenny Pickett, you got challengers out here, Dude, okay? Uh, like there was a couple out there. And I was like, what was going on there? Like where they were actual like it wasn't even. It looked like there were attempts to just throw it away at the sideline, but he just completely missed the receiver. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's a little bit of A, a little bit of B sort of situation for the Steelers. Getting rid of A, which is Matt Canada, is great. But I'm still worried that our offense may not be great, and I think it's because of Kenny Pickett. And we don't really have a very good backup either to yeah. give a chance. So it might just be ride it out with Pickett and hope that maybe he I'm, has a turnaround. I'm just I'm reading right now. The interim offensive coordinator is Eddie Faulkner. Haven't heard of him. Maybe if you're a diehard fan. Eddie Faulkner. He was I feel a like he definitely player. played for the Steelers, yeah. Um, interim running backs coach, Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm just trying to look at him because I don't know. But the quote the quote that I'm seeing is, uh, quote, we feel like we let him down, him being Matt Canada. I don't know if I agree with that. I, I, I can see where that comment can come in because I feel like our offensive players haven't been playing well, oh, yeah. like Kenny Pickett. Yeah. You can't always blame it on Matt Canada because some of those plays that he did run were good plays, and yeah. Pickett missed him. Yeah, like, and a lot of the time the pressure gets put onto the offense coordinator because the offense isn't working. But that's what I'm saying is mm-hmm. like I don't know if it's all Matt Canada. Yeah, I think it could be just poor play from the offense. So we'll see this week. Obviously, Bills did the same thing, fired their offensive coordinator midseason and had kind of a jolt to their offense against the Jets uh, this past week. Um, but I think we should probably keep it going here. Seattle versus Los Angeles. That was just a disappointing game. Oh, no. Um, the Geno injury, Drew Locke coming in and just not looking good. He's not the answer. At, I was going to say, at least the people on Twitter can shut up about bringing in Drew Locke to replace Geno because I understand Geno hasn't been good this season, but Drew Locke is not fixing the problems that this offense at, has. At one po- at what point do we start questioning Shane Waldron? I think it's... Hap- it should be happening already if it's well, I've not. Well, s- I've seen it on Twitter, but we haven't yeah. brought it up on the show. The red zone offense has been terrible. The third yeah. down offense has been terrible. Like, oh, bottom of the league. It's horrible, yeah. It's, bo- like, bottom of the league. Um, and I just think that with the talent they have on offense, they should be putting up better numbers. And, and the, albeit. I'll say this. The talent still shows in the games. Yes. You see the big plays from J- JSN, that ridiculous JSN, catch. Yes. Um, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett bails his team out more than anyone, I yeah. think. And then, of course, our guy, Jake Bobo. Yes. Shout out Truman. Holy. <laughs> like saying, Casual Truman. Doesn't know who Jake Bobo is? Fraud. Unbelievable. Um, but no, continuing on here, you talked about it. Um, but continuing on with the penalties as well. Some of them were legit. Some of them were not. I think... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Puka Nakua defensive that was, pass interference call against him. That, that was, was awful. Brutal. Um, but, like you said, lots of them were legitimate penalties, and the Seahawks just couldn't get him in check. At the same time, lots of ticky-tack ones, and especially that Puka one just kind of like flipped the game because obviously 
defensive DPI in the end zone. They get a free set of downs. They scored a touchdown that drive. So it's just as much as the Seahawks couldn't stop shooting themselves in the foot with penalties, they were kind of getting hosed a little bit by the refs as well. Um, and then the pass rush just like didn't it disappeared kind of the same way it was week one against the Rams. Um, they had looked great, especially Boye Mafi, who we've talked about a lot on this show. Um, but this week they just they didn't produce anything. Um, and you just can't let Matt Stafford sit in the pocket and pick you apart. That's just not how it works. Um, and uh, like I kind of mentioned in my game of the week, I'm a wee bit concerned about the Seahawks versus the Niners this week. Um, but at the same time, you know, obviously they've made lots of improvements on defense from week one. Um, and, you know, if that defense can kind of get it together, maybe they'll pull it out against the 49ers. And if they do, that'll be a huge win. You want to know what? I'm going to go bold this week. The Seahawks 49ers game will forever be remembered as the Zach Charbonnet game. Okay. Because we've got Kenneth Walker's injured. Charbonnet, when he's been given the ball, has been good. He's had some explosive plays. I have him on my other fantasy because I didn't get to draft. And I was like, who the heck is this bum? Because I didn't know who he was before the starting of the season. Before the starting of the season. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. I didn't know who he was. May as well call Jake Bobo a bum. (laughs) <laughs> Bingo. Um, but, uh, yeah, I didn't know who he was, and I was like, ah, oh, he's the backup. I dropped him because I was like, he's the backup. Shameful. And then I picked him back up for this week. Beautiful. So, fingers crossed. I, had, I tried picking him. My up waiver claim also didn't, didn't go through. That didn't hit. I will settle with 26 points this week from Jordan Love. On That's my, not bad. On my bench. Not bad. On your bench. Not, uh, not not, well, no, that is either. bad then. <laughs> um, I got Purdy. Okay. We'll move on. Here. I was going to say, we'll keep it, keep it going. Shout out Josh Bruja as well. He apparently did, he listens to the show. He made a drinking game for every time we say, let's move on. So Okay. No, let's, no, move let's, on, move on, let's move on. Let's move on. I think he was playing that game before, before class. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, we'll keep it moving. Uh, Kareem Jackson has been just. He's headhunting out there for the Broncos, man. Okay, like, I I'm, I understand <laughs> the last one was weak. Against Josh Dobbs? I didn't see it, but I've seen all the other ones, and they were bad. The like, other ones were bad. No, 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 no. no. I think horrible. the last one was the least bad, and I think it's because, okay, we know this happens in other sports when people get suspended a lot. Draymond Green. You get a reputation. Or whatever. Yeah. You get a reputation. And I just, I don't think the last one was really worth the four games, but, but I mean, I don't know. it's worth the four games because you keep doing it repeatedly. You don't get any leeway once you do it, like, multiple yeah, times in the same season. that's the thing, season. and it's tough because I feel like any other player that doesn't have that problem wasn't... He didn't even get... There wasn't even a penalty on the play. But there should have been. It was It was a hit to the head on a quarterback. Yeah, I just think it's tough to get four games, but, I mean, I guess if you're dumb enough to keep doing it, then fair enough. But. He's been, he's been <sighs> doing it since the start of the season. It's, like, not a one-time issue, and I agree. Maybe if it was a one-time thing, the suspension... Yeah, I, I I just wa- sorry I just watched it. Yeah, he he just leads with the head. He spears yeah. him with his head. Like, and and it's like if you can't there. you can't argue it really. Yeah. And when you have the reputation that he has, like obviously you're going to get a four game suspension. It's really not that crazy, and especially when it's a quarterback. Yes. Like you're going to get um, flagged for much less. Yeah. On a quarterback. And it should have been a penalty on the on the field. It wasn't. Um. And it, yeah. So, I mean. Whatever, you know, it is what it is, uh, suspended for four games. However, we should probably just keep it pushing here because we might get stuck on this for a bit. Let's move on. Um, next point we have, you know, if you watch the games at home, you'll know this, but uh, the star AFC West quarterback is sold by receivers in an easily winnable game. Now, are we talking about Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert? It's really up to interpretation because you could pick whichever one you wanted. Um, like we kind of mentioned, that Chiefs receiving core, uh, MVS, Dropped that game winner. 
that was a brutal one. Obviously, I'm not coming in here and saying that you know I could have made the catch because it's difficult. But you know, you're an NFL receiver. It's an easily catchable ball, and it was to set up a at, at the very least a field goal. But you're catching it at like the three yard line. Uh, and then uh, who's that 84? Justin Watson. Watson had that drop on fourth and 25 that would have you know moved the chains for him. Um, and that was another easily catchable ball. I will say he was one of the lone bright spots. But he was, yes. Uh, he had a lot had a of bigger plays. Yeah. yeah. Fumble, too. They and have unfortunately, to feed um, the rookie, Rishi Rice. Yes. I don't know why they don't throw to him more. He's good. Yeah. Um, I was saying this the other day. Their whole receiving core is the same person. Yeah. yeah. Short, fast. Rasheed Rice is kind of the only guy, I think. He's but again, big. he's short and fast, or not tall. Like okay, maybe he's six feet tall, fast. Like they're all. That's all. Like when you look at a scouting report of the Chiefs' offense, besides Travis Kelsey and Watson, it's short, fast slot receivers. Their mm-hmm. whole, their whole, their whole offense. So, like, which on a lot of plays that game worked to their benefit. Ball Scandling was seven yards ahead of the corner. Yeah, like he absolutely burnt him. And then it's a bad it was. Drop. A Beautiful, beautiful throw by Mahomes. Like I don't th- like on paper that that type of wide receiver group should work, but, but it, well, they just have when, well. when none of them have hands. It's kind of no, it's tough. Um, and then obviously Justin Herbert, kind of same deal. Had you know dropped touchdown from Keenan Allen that wouldn't have needed so they wouldn't have needed a game winning drive, and then uh, another drop by Quentin Johnson on down the sideline. That uh, would have resulted in a game-winning touchdown or field goal, depending on what happened at the end there. But again, like that Keenan Allen ball hit him directly in the chest, and that's just something you don't really see from Keenan Allen. I was gonna say, of any person to slander for not catching the ball, it can't be Keenan Allen. Keenan, cause yeah, because he's been so good. And then he caught the touchdown uh, after that to, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was to put them up. And then the Chargers defense, like I've said it now two weeks in a row, the Justin Herbert has no help narrative is like. That that stock is through the roof. We're seeing unprecedented gains on that stock. If you hopped on it, start of the season, crazy stuff. Like the defense is just horrific. That this past week and then the week before as well. And then again, just no help. I don't know if you guys saw the uh, Austin Eckler run on the sideline. He looked like he was running in slow motion. Oh, is he that the is, one where he like bounced off? Yes. Of, yeah. He is so slow. Like we were clowning Najee Harris for being slow. Like I think part of it is that he's just tall, so he has longer strides. So he's, he doesn't look it's as not slow. Just tall. There's other but, words I can describe. <laughs> but Austin Eckler <laughs> was like running with the same pace and is shorter than him, and he just wasn't. Although I feel like Austin Eckler's not the same breath as Najee Harris. No, no, no. But he isn't fast. Although I would say he's a much more of a receiving merchant than he's a he's a fantasy merchant, is what he is. Eckler, I think he's still good. He's fine. He's a fantasy merchant, though. Mm-hmm. But his last couple of years, he's, he, he does oh, yeah. well. He's so. been fine. It's just he hit, like, the running back wall. I think he's 27 or 28, and once you get up there as a running back, it's like you're getting close to the end there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, <laughs> the next point I have here, uh, MVS and Quentin Johnson get ready to learn Chinese. That's a <laughs> meme. Oh, I love that. Um, and it's, it's pretty funny. But, yeah, they just did not look good. Uh, the Jets, Tim Boyle, Mormon Manziel, Zach Wilson has been unfortunately bumped down to the QB three spot officially on the tr- Jet Jets QB depth three, chart. Not even QB two. Three. Nope. Who's number two? White. Uh, no, Mike White's in Miami now. I don't oh, even right. know who the uh, QB two is on that roster. Oh, it's Trevor Simeon. Yes. Yeah. But goat. So, <laughs> Broncos legend. Um, but yeah, the Jets. I mean, 
they're just reaching for straws at quarterback like NFL at this point. This year has been the year of the backup quarterback. You there said this so many. You teams said it last week, and it's just it's getting each worse. week it's getting more and more true. It's like Blue Mountain State in real life. <laughs> we really watched that. I've watched a few yeah. episodes, so I feel like we should, probably shouldn't quote a lot of that. Show, no, 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 no. <laughs> great show though. If yeah. if you're um, a, if you're of age, great show to watch. Let's do it. Um, and then, like I briefly mentioned before, the Bills' offense really just came back to life this week. Especially, it was especially impressive because you're putting it up on the Jets' defense. Uh, what was it, thirty-two to six? They, either way, just a lot of points put up on the Jets, so that was pretty impressive for them. Um, and then, I don't know, Will, you got a point on the end here? Do you want to bring that up? Uh, is that yeah. for the is that for the social media? If you want to entice the people at home, well, you had written down that the Patriots didn't lose this week. Oh, true, true, true. Uh, great win because they were on their bye week. Yes. And I was talking to you guys about it, but I was a full-on Giants fan this week. Yes. Uh, who did they beat? They beat the Commanders. Yeah, yeah. They beat the Commanders, and that just helps out the Patriots to get a better pick. So Caleb Williams coming soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Still no quarterback named for this week, so we'll see how that goes. It'll probably be Mac, and I'm fine with that because – you're not a Bailey Zappy truther. I, yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not on the Zappy train. No. Um, and yeah, okay. So my last point, uh, we had posted on our Instagram story a blind stats post. Um, just had people vote on it. I don't know if you guys voted on it or not, but I did. I did. Yes, yeah. I did. Obviously, I mean, if you didn't vote on it and you saw it, what are we doing? I, I didn't. I didn't know who the receivers were though. So someone messaged the armchair athletes and was like, "What's this about?" And I, I didn't know how to respond because I'm like, I don't know. It's a secret. Well, it's a secret, but I didn't know when didn't we know were going to reveal it. Yeah, true. Tune into the armchair athletes. Oh, Thursday true. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, you'll be able to find you'll out. Know the answers. We'll, we'll use your your uh, responses in this. So go ahead, reveal it, Will. Uh, so player A, who got 11% of the votes, <laughs> nobody wanted player A. Uh, 48 receptions, 632 yards, four touchdowns compared to player B, who had 48 receptions, 647 yards, and seven touchdowns, had 89% of the votes. Player A was Devontae Smith. Player B was Jordan Addison. Wow. So, so we kind of talked about Jordan Addison and the rookie, uh, rookie ladder talks, this year. Yeah. That's a good idea. Not Although I will say, Devontae Smith has a pretty good stat line considering the people he has had. Yeah, That's the exactly. Thing. Yes. When yeah. you're competing with A.J. Brown. Because I first looked at him and I was like, well, this is kind of a no-brainer. There's one everything, to but be, you don't realize who the other person is. Yeah. You need context, yeah. yeah. To Which be, is like to be fair, though, Jordan Addison was keeping up with Justin Jefferson's production early in the season. Yeah, he felt he slotted. Yeah, in and then now that well. he's the guy, though, is what I mean. Whereas AJ yeah. Brown's been healthy all year. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. split. He's splitting targets with. Uh, yeah, AJ Brown. So. But yeah, Jordan Addison was splitting targets with Justin Jefferson. Has been through two quarterbacks, lost his stor- starting quarterback, and doing yeah. all this as a rookie. That's so very true. And impressive. I mean, he's still—I wouldn't say he's splitting as much with Hawkinson, but Hawkinson's a big part of that offense yeah. now. So, yeah. So, shout out to Jordan Addison. Let's move on to the MLB because I've been anticipating this rant. <sighs> I mean, really, all the words I would want to say, truly, um, I can't say on the air. But we were talking about it last week with the Oakland Athletics and their move to Las Vegas. Um, we, this is like it's up there with the uh, if you were there, you remember the MLB lockout deal with uh, Rob Manfred and the rest of the <laughs> owners. Um, 
Shout but out to the year one OG listeners. That's true. If you're there, for, if you've been here since year one, you're a you're a great person. Um, but John Fisher, the owner of the Oakland Athletics, man, I just it's the same thing as Rob Manfred, where not only are you doing something that I think is just like objectively wrong or dumb, uh, you're being like real condescending about it too. Um, if you don't know, the Oakland Athletics have been fighting the ownership, the fans of the Oakland Athletics, I should say, have been fighting the ownership so that they don't uh, go through with the relocation of the team to Las Vegas. And it went through. Um, so the team will be moved after this season and they'll have a stadium fully built in 2028, which is a thing I'll get into a little bit later with this. But um, you essentially just like told the fans to go screw themselves in Oakland, and it's happened multiple times with multiple different franchises. The Raiders. They just got cleaned up. They did. The Raiders, the Warriors, and now the Athletics. Like, there's nothing in— I've heard Oakland's not the greatest place now. No, and, like— Although you're moving to San Francisco, which is notoriously bad in the too. But But it's like, um, they—it's just so—it's so dumb. Like, I don't even know how to put it into words. Like, they had one of the lowest payrolls in baseball, and they've had it since— incredibly low since John Fisher uh, um, gained ownership over the team in 2006. I think it, like the highest they've had it was 14th overall in the MLB. And for the past five years, I don't even know if they've been – they've been bottom five for sure. Um, so they don't spend any money on their team, and they don't spend any money fixing the stadium, and you're telling the fans that you're going to move. Like why do you think people are going to show up to the games? Like you do everything essentially just to like – screw over the fans and then are at the end they're like well we have to move because the fans don't show up but the fans don't show up because you treat them so horribly and we've had like the reverse boycotts where the fans pack the stadium to prove that like if you put out a good team like there will be people who come and watch and it didn't even matter like there was a story earlier in the season i don't even know if we talked about it but uh, i believe i sent it to the group chat when it first happened that there were possums living in like the um opposing press box yeah so they couldn't use the press box because there were possums in it. And that just, like, stayed like that the whole season. Like, they spent no money. There was, like, deteriorating pieces of the stadium. It's falling apart. It's poorly built to begin with. It's, like, not built for baseball, the Coliseum in Oakland. And fans still showed up. And they still supported the team. And they were rewarded with their franchise being moved to Las Vegas. And, Clayton, you mentioned this, um, that it feels kind of – like you know the vegas golden knights are so supported in las vegas because they started there they grew in las vegas whereas the raiders uh, obviously were brought in from oakland and now um same thing with the athletics it's just frustrating to see uh teams who are started somewhere else just get relocated um and it just never really works out and it's also usually a team that's not I want successful right yes yes so you're gonna get vegas is getting a present for christmas of <laughs> Bad, bad baseball. Bad baseball. Like, well, yeah. you're getting a team that's not good. At least Vegas, I just want to say, to finish this point quick. At least Vegas, it was an expansion team. Yeah. No, it's it's the general manager's fault that they mess up, which they ended up having an historic run in their first season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that obviously gains a lot of support and fans. Yeah. And the Raiders were at least okay. The thing with the Raiders, though, and I don't think this gets talked about enough, the Raiders have to fill a stadium eight times a year. Mm-hmm. Once a week, or once every two weeks, I guess, mm-hmm. probably. However the schedule works, yeah. How you average it out over the season. And the Raiders, even then, like the, we seen when the Steelers were there, Steelers fans pack that stadium. Yep. And I've been to a Raiders game, too. The atmosphere is amazing. 
Um, but Raiders fans do still show up to those games too. And it's because, now yes, they are in close pr- proximity to California, which the A's will be too. Yep. But like I said, you, you make a weekend trip out to Las Vegas is a lot different than having to fill the stadium 81 times a year, which yes. I think is going to... And a lot of people in Vegas do already have their own teams too. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of, I've noticed because I do follow a lot of Vegas people on Twitter from the Golden Knights. I think they're about half and half. Like Some kind of maybe adopt the Raiders as a second team, which may happen with the A's. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, too, like Terrell said, the A's are going to be unbearably bad coming yes. in. And, yeah, like, and that's, and you made a great point, well, which I had said about the Golden Knights, mm-hmm. was that straight up the Golden Knights are Las Vegas' yes. team. And the only one that I think can change that at that point is if an NBA expansion team comes in. So do you not think that the Raiders are bigger purely because the NFL is bigger than the NHL? Not in Las Vegas, they're not. Yeah. yeah. You look around. I guess success-wise, yes, obviously. You but. go around that city. Everybody in the city loves the Golden Knights, all the locals. They have mm. about one or two million, the population there. And believe it or not, they don't all live in hotels. But <laughs> with that being said, um, they all love the Golden Knights. And it's because I think as well what helped them out was that they were the first team in Las Vegas. I think that was huge for them. And that's the other thing. Whereas, say if NBA or the Raiders were already there, might have been a bit tougher to get the support. But it was Las Vegas finally had a pro team, so everybody was going to support. Yeah, I think it was good that they were first because I think you're right. I don't know if I don't know if the Golden Knights would be where it'd be where they are I think if they the have. Raiders were already there uh, and, and they had a baseball team. Yeah, and I think the Golden Knights were just the perfect storm there too because you think of when they came in too their first game. Their first home game was nine days after the big shooting in Las Vegas mm-hmm. with Mandalay Bay. Um, and the Golden Knights had a perfect response to that and immediately got involved in the community. And the people loved them for that. So, mm-hmm. um, And this, I was looking for this um, as I was talking about it. But uh, since John Fisher bought the A's in 2005, uh, they've had, in terms of payroll, They've been top 20 uh, three times, and that was 05, 06, and 07. And since then, they've been above 25th three times, and they've been bottom of the league three times as well. So they just don't spend any money on their team. And then in terms of, like, turnout for home fans, same thing. It's just bottom of the barrel in the league. But it's like if you're putting out a subpar uh, product in terms of the players on the team, People aren't going to show up to watch it. And they've traded away Matt Olson and Sean Murphy and Marcus Semyon and Matt Chapman and Josh Donaldson before that. They've traded away so many of their key pieces and brought in so many different players. And their farm system is still terrible. They trade away all their good vets and all their like prospects in return for worse prospects that don't pan out. And it just never works. So they're a bad team now. And they don't even have like a, like a future to look forward to because their farm team is so bad. Um and then this is maybe like the part that I find the the just the worst. They don't even have a like a home stadium to play in Las Vegas until 2028, which is supposed to be when the stadium's done. Who knows if that's actually going to be when it finishes? I will say I've been to the Aviator Stadium. It's pretty nice. That's I was going to say that is that's one of the alleged uh, places that they were going to play in. Oracle Park is another one in San Francisco uh, that could be like a temporary home stadium, but. So they're going to be the Las Vegas Athletics and play in San Francisco? They don't have a stadium. They don't have a stadium. They built. should just build it in the football stadium, make it a little smaller. People do that all the time. 
I mean, Ooh, yeah. I think the Raiders would protest that. Yeah, because they the have Raiders to deal used with to, that. The Raiders de- used to play like that's that. what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is they would not want to do oh, that my. again. They were good back in the day when that was a thing, though. Oh, but I mean, it's just like but you're, now with the, the way that a technology works, you can just have like a carpet roll out and it's just a dirt field, and then you can roll it back away. That's yeah, fair. Like but, it's going to be something where they won't have to play with the diamond in the middle of the football. But field, we like. we've already seen Oakland the Athletics play on like a weirdo in between stadium. Yeah, like <laughs> I'm sure they want their own place. There's got to be a minor. League there is the, the 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 aviators, like Clayton yeah. said. Okay. And their stadium is nice, and Las Vegas fans do consistently like pack that stadium for AAA games. So, I think like there, I think there'll still be fans in Las Vegas. Um, you can still toss up some temporary bleachers if you need more space. If yeah. they end up catching on and until their stadium is built. And it and it's just it just like, the the quote from the Athletics said that they'll have a revolving group of homes until 2028. <laughs> Like 2028. 2028. We're talking four MLB seasons until they have like a permanent stadium built. Yikes. Why not just keep them where they are until 2028? Maybe, yeah, maybe they question. should go play at Molitor. So, so now the other <laughs> thing, the other thing <laughs> is like one of the other options is that to sign a short term lease in Oakland to stay in the stadium they're playing at, but be the Las Vegas Athletics and remain in Oakland for a season. <laughs> Like why? Like I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me, because you you're, <laughs> you tell the fans you you get rid of them. You say we don't want to be in Oakland, whatever. We're building a stadium in 2028, but please keep showing up to our games because we still got to play in Oakland for a year. Please, like, okay. Why not just postpone it? I hope I hope not a single fan shows up to a game I, in Oakland. I hope their stadium is empty, and uh, it's just, just like the ball boy. It's it's just brutal and. It's kind of the inverse of the situation with the uh, senators, like we've talked about a few times, where yeah. uh, the fans are, <laughs> or I guess the players and the fans are disagreeing and getting booed, and then the ownership's like, we're going to move if you don't support us. And then the other way, with the athletics, the fans are supporting the team and showing up and booing the ownership, and ownership's like, we're going to move if you keep booing us. So it just it doesn't make sense. Um and I want to I want to get this number right because I don't want to say something incorrect. But I believe um, their stadium is going to hold thirty thousand, which would be like the lowest in the MLB. Like their their one that's being built. Yes, that they plan on building. Really? Only hold thirty thousand people. And I believe how, the, how much is it going to be? Thirty thousand people. Yes. And I believe the Aviator Stadium holds like just under it's that, like 10. twenty. It's oh, 10 is it? Or, okay. It's ten or. 10 to 20, somewhere in there. But how much does Blue um, Jays Stadium hold? Oh, I don't know. 50, it is 30,000. 40 uh, or 50,000. Yeah, so it's pretty small. Yeah. But it's just, it, yeah, it would be. That's crazy. It would be the smallest in the MLB by a pretty big gap. Um, 30,000 would be the like cap for My it. My bad. They might be able to fill that stadium because it's so small. Yeah. But, like, what? Okay. It's just, it's ridiculous. So They should have moved to, like, Virginia or something, put their put their stadium at, near Virginia Tech. And like, make it like a university baseball team. Like I understand, I understand the reasoning in moving to Las Vegas. That's not my issue with it. It's just the optics surrounding it, and then it being so poorly planned, where you don't have a home until twenty twenty eight. And mm-hmm. and um, the other thing is, is Las Vegas. I think is only contributing like three hundred and something million dollars, which, albeit a lot of money, not enough to build a stadium. So That's... where the rest of that money's coming from, I don't know. But like, um, sell parts of the ownership. I it's guess it's gonna be like. I like I don't know how much it costs to build a stadium, but I'm assuming it's in the billions of dollars. So for a nice one, 
Like it's it's just it, there's I guess thirty thousand. It might just be like a classic diamond with a couple wall. Like it, I'm not saying that it's not going to be more expensive than three hundred, but it might not be like the new Clipper Stadium. Yeah, for example, like they're not going super OD. It's weird though because a lot of baseball stadiums don't they don't change much as no. much as regular other sports. Mm-hmm. Like the Wrigley Field has been the same thing since it was built. Yeah, yeah. I mean they make a couple updates here and there, whereas most of the other teams. In NBA, they've all at least changed a stadium, or they've not been a team for long enough to change a stadium. Yeah. So it's weird. Like, baseball is one of those ones that they keep it similar. They make renovations, but they keep it the same skeleton for so long. Yeah. So maybe they're just going to shell out the money now, and then they don't have to worry about it. They did that it's, They did that with the old stadium. They just, yeah. It was a poorly built stadium, but they probably spent all the money, and they're just like, we're not changing it. We're not, yeah. we're not spending a dime. It's, it's just – it's – it's just like a – again, I can't swear. It's just a bad situation a joke. in Oakland. Um, and, again, I think Las Vegas will have fans come out to games, but it's just really poor circumstances surrounding it, and it was poorly executed and just does not reflect well on the A's and their ownership. So, you know, feel bad for A's fans. Feel bad for, like, A's players as well. Um, but hopefully – their franchise turns around in Las Vegas, maybe. Maybe they'll start shelling out money to get people to move. People might, like, players might be more... That's um, true. More inclined to be there in Las Vegas. In yeah. Vegas. It's a nice city. But if John, if any indication of John Fisher's entire history of an owner, they're not going to... They're going to spend as little money as humanly possible. Which doesn't so, make any sense. Especially when you have just moved, you want to make your team at least look somewhat successful. But, I mean, now maybe all these people are afraid to move there because of the whole situation that they've had. So. May, like, it's just... Ownership in most sports, owners, I think, don't care about the actual team. They care about making as much money as possible. And I feel like John Fisher is the perfect representation of that mindset where it's who cares about uh, on-the-field product. I'm trying to rake in as much money as possible and as little as I possibly can, which is why they keep sending up their top talent and not having good teams. They just spend as little money as they can, which I they spend as little money as they possibly can. And this is kind of off topic, but I feel like a salary floor in the MLB would be beneficial for everybody, um, and it would help prevent stuff like this from happening. But, yeah. I do not like John Fisher. That is my final statement, and if I could say some other words, I would, but I can't, so I'll leave it at that. John Fisher sucks. Um, Some other off-season news in the MLB. Perhaps the biggest contract so far, uh, Aaron Nola signs on the, resigns with the Phillies, seven-year, $172 million deal. I think that makes sense. Uh, Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson both went to the Cardinals, uh, one-year deal for each of those guys. And then Reynaldo Lopez uh, signed with the Braves, three years, $30 million. And the Braves are kind of um, – they're clearing out a lot of their roster spots. So I think Alex Anthopoulos is kind of building up for something big there. Um, some of the trades I have listed here is Aaron Bummer, who's a left-handed reliever, went for uh, Calgary native Mike Soroka, about to say, uh, Jared yeah. Schuster, Nicky Lopez, uh, Braden Shoemake, and Riley Goins. So that was between the White Sox and the Braves. Uh, the other trade that happened, uh, Mark Canna went from Brewers to Tigers, and the Brewers received minor leaguer uh, Blake Holub. Now, the last deal I want to bring up, because this just happened today, or yesterday, sorry, is... Uh, Eugenio Suarez of the Seattle Mariners have been traded to the Arizona Diamondbacks for catcher uh, Sebi, Sebi Zavala and my, my Carlos dad, Vargas. My dad's sad about that. Uh, is he a Mariners fan or a Diamondbacks fan? He's a he's a Suarez fan. For oh, Mariners. he likes – okay, he just likes Suarez. I mean, they needed a three-bagger down in Arizona. Evan Longoria is kind of getting up there in age, and they needed somebody to fill in that spot. So fair enough. But, uh, yeah, he was 
pretty good in Seattle, so I can understand why they'd be disappointing. But uh, Arizona picks up a good quality third baseman, and Seattle gets back a couple of, I guess, Sebi Zavala would be a backup catcher. And yeah, so that is really all the news that's happening so far. We haven't had like a lot of big news. Obviously, Shohei Otani is like the big name in the market right now. It just hasn't been a whole lot of rumors surrounding him to this point. Uh, so as those happen, I'll address them. But uh, yeah, I think that's it for now if we want to move on to the NHL. Winners and losers. So going to start off first winner here, the Winnipeg Jets. Jets have three wins in the last week, won three in a row, two points out of first place in the Central. They still look like a rejuvenated team, and it's good to see. I like seeing the Jets do well. And uh, Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley, they're each at 22 points. They lead the Jets in points. Josh Morris, he's continuing on his success from last season, point per game right now. Uh, second winner here, Kale McCarr. All hail Kale. That's what they say in Colorado. And I don't really blame him. He has 13 points over his last five games in, or yeah, for the Avalanche. Uh, second in defenseman scoring right now. And boy, he's made a surge up to second place. Now at 29 points with Quinn Hughes at first in, with 31 points. I think it's going to be a two horse race. Between those two, the whole season, probably for the Norris Trophy. Kind of similar to both their rookie years in the NHL when they were both going for the Calder, which was ultimately won by Kale. Lastly here, the big-time winner, the Florida Panthers. Now, they're 2-2 two and two in the last week in the NHL, but I'm basing this off of just the fact I thought this team would regress this season. But currently, they have a 12-6-1 record, and they're third in the Eastern Conference. Not only that, but they're also getting Aaron Ekblad. Well, I shouldn't say getting. They have got Aaron Ekblad and Brandon Montour back from injury. So Florida's looking like they're in great shape. They look like they could be a top team in the East. And Sam Reinhardt has been fantastic this season, as I talked about last week. Now on to the losers. Starting off with the New Jersey Devils. Now, yes, Jack Hughes has been injured. And yes, before Jack Hughes was injured, he was probably the leading candidate for the Hart Trophy. But this team was supposed to be a cup contender. And as I talked about last week with the Dallas Stars, to be a cup contender, you have to get that depth. And New Jersey, their depth hasn't been playing well enough. They haven't stepped up when Hughes has been injured. They lost both both games within the last week been mediocre to start the season and they currently aren't in a spot at American Thanksgiving a playoff spot I should say which as I said last week historically doesn't really bode very well and they need a goalie Schmidt or, or and Vanacek both aren't the answer there if the team wants to go on a playoff run and so second loser here this might be a bit controversial the NHL is a loser <laughs> oh no the whole thing not just so I, now, I'm going to be specific here. I mean, kind of like whoever's running the NHL in terms of whoever's in charge of both of these errors that have been made. Now, people are going to say, oh, it's Gary Bettman. Now, listen, as cool as it would be if Gary Bettman ran suspensions, determining the outcome of games, the NHL, um, one of my regional blockouts, if he was in charge of that, and when jerseys were leaked... I mean, I'd kind of feel pretty bad for the guy if he had to look over all of those duties by himself. Uh, 
breaking news, there are people under him in the NHL that do look over specific departments. I know that that's pretty complicated can we, can we get to a wrap your head around. Are we sure it's not Bettman looking after everything in there? How do we know this for sure? <laughs> I think he's in there pressing buttons on each individual computer saying that you can't watch this game if you live here. I think that's what he's doing. He's shutting off people's screens. He, he just he watches over everything. He's exactly. like God in the NHL. <laughs> that's too controversial. I shouldn't have said that. Maybe. But uh, So here's why the NHL is a loser. The NHL Regional Global Series, as funny as that may sound, was really a thing in the last week. The There was a series of games played in Sweden... And some of them were blacked out regionally, which, if you heard our rant last season, stop it. Enough of that. Regional blackouts Please. are so bad. Enough. In any sport, Every, it shouldn't be yeah. a thing. You want, you want to know why the NFL has so much popularity in Canada, even though they haven't played a game here in... I mean, forever, forever. I mean, preseason game they play yeah. every now and then, but like, mm. they don't play a game in Canada, and yet they're popular because almost every single game you can watch, you you can get access to almost every single game to watch, and it just makes so much sense if the NHL just at least ended most of these blackouts. Like enough. The the one that I think was most egregious when I brought when I ended up bringing it up last season was when the Avalanche and Penguins played, and I was like. Like, ev- everybody wants to watch that matchup, Sidney mm-hmm. Crosby versus Nathan McKinnon, and you block out that game. Like, enough. And then the second part, and this is more funny than it is frustrating <laughs> on why the NHL is a loser, but they did the most NHL thing ever with the release of the Winter Classic jerseys. So I made the TikToks that showed the Seattle Kraken and Vegas Golden Knights jerseys getting leaked. Um, Seattle Kraken ones were leaked by the Utah Jazz and both were leaked by AEW, which is on the same network as the Winter Classic, so that makes sense why they were doing mm-hmm. the partnership. But, so last week I brought up on the show that the jerseys were supposed to be released on Wednesday. They got pushed back, and the NHL forgot to send out a memo to the Utah Jazz and All Elite Wrestling about this, So, <laughs> which is pretty funny. <laughs> So they ended up not weird knowing. That they, weird that they picked the Utah Jazz as a team right? to f- yeah. for the Seattle ones too. Yeah, you'd think like the Blazers maybe or yeah, you'd pick something. a team. Yeah, there. <laughs> the ultimate losers. It's the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> I've congratulations. Had. They're I back. You, said you were going to mention them. <laughs> well, listen, if you play bad, you're going to come back. Listen, or- I had I was left with no other choice. <laughs> I, I, I was true. They, they got to pick it up. You can do it every single week. Yeah, it's a little boring. But Listen, they lost all three games in the past week, and they've already been struggling. Things just look, looked like they were trending maybe in the right direction. They won their first two games under Chris Knobloch, who came in on, for relief for Jay Woodcroft. And now they've lost all three games since. That team just looks defeated. Like, I don't know if you guys saw some of the expressions from the players on the team in that Carolina loss the other day. By the way, to show how bad it was, Carolina went up 4 nothing in the first period, and it was just, it was disastrous in Edmonton. McDavid and Dreisaitl just looked defeated. I don't think that, now, there's been jokes made on Twitter in the past few years where it's like, oh, McDavid's going to want to trade after, like, a tough playoff loss. But right now, you have to start speculating. Is that going to happen with him and Dreisaitl? Dreisaitl's got two more years left on his contract. McDavid has three. And you have to wonder, like, if they miss the playoffs this year, 
Do you blame either guy if they ask for a trade? Do you know that he bought a house in Montreal? McDavid? Folks. <laughs> Breaking news. He's going to the Canadians. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He didn't buy a house in oh. Montreal. I can only wish. Never mind. We're sending the breaking news that did not happen. Also, I don't think he's going to the Leafs. Sorry, we Leafs have a, fans. We have a oh, liar he goes on to the Leafs, I, You want to know don't. who I think could be a contender for either guy? If you say the Vancouver Canucks, I'm walking out of this building right now. Carolina Hurricanes. Okay. Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> but I've brought up on the show the Carolina Hurricanes don't have that superstar that no, you need to win a Stanley Cup. Carolina should absolutely 100% make a pursuit for either of these guys. If you don't think he wants to stay on the Canadian team? I think no, he, I, I, I don't think that's a factor, yeah. which maybe yeah. maybe I was going to bring up. I, I was somehow going to fit this in here on the show. But enough of the whole speculation that players don't want to play in Canada. Imagine he goes to the Flames. Imagine how... Whoa, now, actually, sorry, I shouldn't say stop the speculation because the Flames have showed that it's a real issue in the NHL right now. The whole issue with players not wanting to play in the NHL is an issue. But here's the thing. My message to those players is this. What quarterback in the NFL doesn't go under pressure, no matter the market they're in? What quarterback in the NFL doesn't battle pressure? What what market in the NFL doesn't have a ridiculous media pressure on the players? Unless their team is that bad that everybody's given up. It's like like really maybe... That is the biggest cop-out in the NHL. Some have it. Some teams have it worse than others. But, yeah, there's going to be pressure on you no matter what. Like you're a professional athlete. You're going to have pressure on you regardless where you're playing. You're better. You're the best player in the NHL. Yeah. Now, yes, it can get extreme. But, like, as I mentioned, what quarterback in the NFL doesn't have pressure, right? Like, this is a ridiculous narrative in the NHL. And I know that it's a real narrative, but it's ridiculous that it exists is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, Agree. Next here, so that concludes the winners and losers this week. Um, <laughs> can na- I can I say something? Yeah. So I've got the Cowboys Commanders game on. Yeah. They just scored a touchdown to go up by twenty seven. The Cowboys. Yeah, and the Cowboys <laughs> run into the Salvation Army, Army bucket. Let's go. Pull out turkey legs, dude. <laughs> like four of them just have these like, wrapped like turkey legs. Turkey, cooked leg. turkey like legs. Mid- we're still in the game. Yeah. There's <laughs> there's six minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be fine. That is I'm picking, legendary. Listen, I'm though. picking the Cowboys. They they yeah. don't let me down. They haven't let me down for three weeks straight. I they think it's like a Terrell Owens Cowboys moment. Oh, yeah. they're getting so they're getting the so fine for that. That's oh, crazy. Oh, that's so good. Oh, yeah, gonna, you're not allowed to have fun in professional no. sports anymore. I want to quickly that run through in it. the quick new fine. segments in the NHL here. Taylor Hall out for the season with a knee injury, looking like John Kligberg is out for the season as well. Been placed on LTIR by Toronto. You hate to see it for both of those guys. Zach Benson got an insane first goal last night with a between-the-legs oh, yeah, move. That thing was nasty. Very nice. Capitals, they're on a five-game winning streak. TJ Oshie got his first goal of the season yesterday, which you like to see. Oshie's one of those guys I think is universally loved in the NHL. And I then, have a funny story about TJ Oshie, but it's for another time because it'll take too long. Tune in to was, a future episode uh, at the golf course that I worked at in Vernon. He got kicked out of. I still want to give you guys time he was for being a not nice person. So oh. just a quick rumor. Oh. Yeah. TJ Oshie, hater of the armchair athlete. Don't want to. Don't want to out him, but I'm outing him. He got kicked <laughs> off my course. I don't wow. know if he was under the influence of anything. Probably, but uh, yeah, he was not being a nice guy. So maybe he's Come loved on. in the NHL, but Come on, TJ. not at uh, the Rise Golf and Country Club. <laughs> 
or oh. NBC. Alrighty then. <laughs> so I don't want to cut away from your guys's time of the NBA segment here. Okay. So I'm gonna gonna rapid fire through these last two points. Overall thoughts on the Winter Classic jerseys? You guys have seen them. What do you think? I am not a big fan of either, but I like Seattle's more than Vegas's. I don't blame you. Yeah, I would and, agree. And but like I said, neither of them are terrible. However. Compared to previous Winter Classics jerseys, I feel like Winter Classics jerseys generally are like pretty good. Yeah. But I think it's just kind of weird to have it on two new franchises that don't have like a very the, that like I, I'm glad that you're a fan of Vegas and whatever. I just it's too early to have a win. That's what I was going to say. Classic. They've only been both within the league for under ten years. That's what I was going to say. Is like, do you not like, find it kind of weird? So many. So I'm more so happy to see a new team, whether they're a literal new team or like new team in the sense of don't get winner classic yet. Because yeah. every year it's Boston, it's Pittsburgh, it's Chicago, and I'm just I'm sick of seeing those teams. So I'm yeah, happy. Yeah, I, I think I'm it should with the new teams. Breath of fresh air. I, I agree the new team thing, but I think there's teams that probably should get it. But like there, the thing quicker. is though is if you look at the list of teams that have played in like outdoor games, really I think the only one that hasn't at this point is Florida. Which yeah. if Florida fans want to be mad, I'm not gonna tell you not to be because you've been in the league for how long now and you don't really get an outdoor game. You have a right to be. But with that being said, like it's like I think more so they're running out of ideas with the Winter Classic. Dare yeah. I say so? Yeah. yeah. Um. As for my opinion on the jerseys. I will say the Vegas one has grown on me. Maybe it's because I'm coming to terms with the fact that my team's going to be wearing it. Yeah. But I will say this as well. I like the numbers on the jersey. I think the logo's maybe just the thing I don't care for, despite it's the double middle fingers. The, la, the, la, the logo to <laughs> me looks like uh, a Photoshopped. Like, v- took a V and put yeah. it in chat GBT and make a cool-looking V for me. I don't know. I'm not trying to be a hater, but I just find it. Eh. I, the Kraken jerseys are nice, though. I like. Yeah. Those. yeah. And what better way to end off the NHL segment than with some Jack Eichel talk? Oof. With the OT winner last night, I sent it to the group chat. I'm sure you guys seen it. There's some propaganda. <laughs> Why not? Why not push the VGK propaganda? Huh. We push Steelers, Seahawks, Patriots propaganda, even though it may be depressing propaganda. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's, is it propaganda if it's negative? I don't know. Yeah, hate. I we guess. Push I guess. Patriots hate. <laughs> so, Jack Eichel, beauty OT goal last night for Vegas against the Stanley Cup favorites, the Dallas Stars. The real ones know that the Dallas Stars are the Stanley Cup favorites. <laughs> and uh, really saved Vegas from being the ultimate losers this week. I was prepared to do that Ooh. to them after losing to Pittsburgh and Philly, two teams that I don't think they should have lost to. Folks at home, listen, this isn't a Homer podcast. It's the Oilers again, but it could have been the Golden Knights. If the Oilers picked it up a little bit, the Golden Knights didn't win, we would have been talking bad about the Golden Knights, which maybe that would be the first time ever. And I think the Winter Classic jerseys might have That's true. That's true. I forgot to mention this about the Winter Classic jerseys. They're easily the worst worst jersey Vegas (laughs) has ever put out. That's true. But I guess one has to be whatever. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the what brain. it was. They're just they're putting in a bad one so people can say that's the bad one. Being a Canadiens fan, there's never been a bad Canadiens jersey because it's either they put the white, big, the white yeah. is the main color or the red is the main color. <laughs> maybe they'll, they'll yeah. change the blue. They made that baby blue the baby jersey. Blue, yeah. Which there were some people that didn't like that jersey. I was like, how do you mess up? It's just baby, it's baby blue. Baby blue. It like, always looks good. Yeah. Like it's impossible to have a bad jersey. Yeah. The only time it's ever bad is the, the accents. Sometimes I don't like brown pants. That's okay. which the Canadians have done and I find it looks kind of weird. Um Actually, the Canadians was cool because it was like dark chocolate. We already had this conversation about the Oilers. Yeah. yeah. How it looked like yeah. anything kind of nasty, but yeah. 
And then Aiden Hill, he's second now in the NHL in goals saved above expected with 9.4 goals saved above expected. If the NHL ended today, or NHL regular season ended today, he'd be a Vesna finalist. So, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm an Aiden Hill truther or anything, but I am an Aiden Hill truther. Clayton the Clairvoyant strikes again, folks. (laughs) Also has a 9.32, which is pretty darn good so let's move on to the nba as i said hyping up the show today on cmru.ca instagram account it's everybody's favorite segment it's the baller of the week baller of the week will this and i week. both kind of co yeah yeah, yeah. you want to take it no you go ahead i did the last week how about i say the first name you say the last name okay no baller. you say the last name first <laughs> ball or of the week oh <laughs> LaMelo. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I didn't know you were LaMelo that. Ball. Baller of the week. Yeah. Um, uh, went 2-1, 35 <laughs> points game, 10 assists, 7.3 We talked about who rebounds. I think you're going to say, um, and he didn't actually play that good yesterday, so me. that's tough. My glorious king has never played a bad game of basketball in his life. He's, He's owned by Luka Doncic, I'm afraid. Yeah. Tough. Well, Luka Doncic is owned by the Raptors, and oh. LeBron owns the Raptors, so Ooh. therefore, in the circle... <laughs> LeBron still comes we out got it. We, we already have set out these rules for Ball of the Week. He's no, had I'm, a better week. I was I was going to say it comes really came down to I think those two guys and I, Lamelo had the better game. I think so. that we could have had a repeat this week with um, and Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, yeah, Halliburton. Yeah, true. Yeah. He was ridiculous against the Raptors yesterday. True. Or the day before yesterday. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, keep going. Keep going on the Mellow Ball. Let's Sorry, hype him yeah. up because uh, Charlotte needs something. Went two and one. Pretty good record for a team that doesn't have a really good they, record. They, they, they beat Boston five and nine. Yeah, so that's true. He's contributing to wins on a team that doesn't get very many wins. And you know what's weird? I was looking at the stats because I was trying to tally them up. I didn't realize Miles Bridges was back. He unfortunately hit a game winner. I think he hit the game winner against Boston. Yeah, thirty three points yesterday. Um, uh, should not be in the league, but. We're past I'm, a, that. I'm a Michigan State fan, and he's a Michigan State alum, so. Don't know if that cancels out the things no. that have happened. <laughs> well, it obviously wasn't proven, so. I, I don't even know if it's that. I just don't think they didn't want to kick him out of the league. Yeah, I but. don't know. Anyways, either way, LaMelo Ball, do you want to say his stat line? I already did. We already did. Oh. Uh, how about this? How about instead of Miles Bridges hit a game winner, how about LaMelo Ball assisted a game winner to a player that we don't know? I didn't watch. I saw the pass go. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then I didn't see who shot it. I just saw it go in. So He's a good player. <laughs> um, did you guys see that whole thing that he has a tattoo on the behind his ear and he has I to did. cover it up? Yeah, that's kind of funny. It looks kind of weird. Last but time it, we saw something like that was like J.R. Smith wearing the Supreme, Supreme shooting sleeve. Which, that's uh, stupid. I, I mean, in LeBron in high school, because he went to a, a Catholic school, he wasn't allowed to do that. So you used to always have to wear like um, like bands. Like, if you look up like LeBron in high oh, school, yeah. he had like the sweatbands around because he had tattoos and he was allowed to show I them. I find that oh. interesting. That Football, they... he used to play with a long sleeve, I want to say. Under I his find hat. that interesting. they wouldn't allow him to. I, I, sorry, I was going to say that I find that interesting that the NBA does that. Like, yeah. makes guys cover up and tattoos. Um, it was high school for LeBron. They mm-hmm. don't make – they used to, I think, but they don't anymore. Well, I you don't, mentioned the J.R. Smith what, one. But that's, what? that's like a supreme, like, armband, like and it's because like it's a brand. Oh, yeah. What – there? I can't remember what the Lamelo Ball tattoo is. I think it's, it's a brand. brand. It's like his clothing brand oh, or something which, like that. Which – the – him having to cover it up made me more aware of it than I ever was yeah, before seriously. that. Yeah, seriously. I was I had never known it was a thing. Well, they all have been news if it was. Okay, so they had J.R. Smith with the arm sleeve, and then remember he got the calf tattoo of Supreme. Yeah, he had oh. to cover that up as well. That's, that's hilarious. Crazy. That's and that's like top tier yeah. trolling. Maybe that's know. how we should get um, 
some the armchair athletes on promotion. We'll get Luka Doncic to get a face tattoo of our mm, logo. That's a good idea. Like so a, we'll I reach out to Luka because we have him. He's contacted. <laughs> uh, he's a friend of the show, Luka Doncic. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be sick to get a little jersey sponsor for one mm, of the two true. teams. Let's do it. Raptors get rid of Raptors. Scotiabank. Listen, it, Scotiabank. listen, it matches. I don't know what they it are. Matches the they armchair. Used to be Sun Life. I know uh, that. Yeah. Armchair athletes would match with the jerseys, the red jerseys. Yeah. yeah. Raptors. Come on. We could switch the logo to white for their alternate jersey. Yeah, for the gold for that. Yeah. Or we could just write armchair athletes on the back near their collar and then all our names mm-hmm. just right above the number <laughs> or Pretty let's good. just get let's just get a jersey split down split in quarters each of our faces on each quarter <laughs> on the front of the jersey athletes yeah there we we'll go start a new franchise yeah yeah to move to seattle <laughs> expansion team this or is this is that's Calgary. the vegas we're moving oh. to vegas we're starting an expansion there team. there we go the vegas armchair athletes <laughs> the vegas <laughs> clayton terrell taylor and will of the armchair athletes Basketball team. Basketball team. Yeah. Has a nice <laughs> ring to it. Yeah. <laughs> Not a mouthful. Uh, I wanted to talk about the next point for NBA because I saw this yesterday and I wrote this down. Yeah. Greg Popovich thinks he's a hero or something for getting the crowd to not boo Kawhi. I know it's funny too because he said that and they just started booing louder. Yeah, yeah that was, was hilarious. hilarious. And we had this discussion last week about... Because who's it? Who's it about uh, Brock Besser with the? I think. Hey, hang on. I will say there's different rules for booing opposing players. Now, if the oppo- now if Kawhi Leonard yes. if Kawhi Leonard wanted to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Kawhi Leonard wanted to say give it back to the fans, I'm okay with that because now they're the opposition. Yeah. I think it'd be different. Kawhi still play for the Spurs. And I didn't him. think Kawhi really left on a salty term. He, no, he kinda did. did he he had the injury and he sat year. out a bunch. And oh, that's true. And then he was like demanding a trade. That. And yeah. well, he got injured so, in the finals, which kind of screwed him. So I yeah. think I think in the sense of if you're booing the opposition, it goes both ways. Then yeah, they can give it back to the crowd if they do a monster dunk or something but like that. Like you said, if you tell a crowd not to boo somebody, this is yeah, it's like don't press the red button. Not be shaken by booing. It's Kawhi Leonard though. Yeah, yeah like, he does true. not care. No, and no. It's, it's not like they're targeting Kawhi Leonard. Like anybody, any understand. opposing player goes to the free throw line. Nobody's like, "Woo, yeah, let's yeah, go!" I know. Yeah. I don't understand That's why Gray, uh, why Popovich got so angry to grab the mic like that too. I thought yeah. it was ridiculous. I've never seen that before. I have never in any sport. It sounds like uh, like a kids' sporting game when the ref. True. Twisted. You guys gotta stop booing, folks. Yeah. I don't know if that ever happened to you guys, but oh, absolutely, there was, it happened to me before. There was oh, really? one example I could think of. Re- booing at the ref. Oh, okay, yeah. The closest example I could think of here would be like, I know years ago in the MLB, and you might know this, the Cubs, um, Steve McMichael, who used to play for the Chicago Bears, I believe, was doing the uh, take me out to the ball game, and Angel Hernandez was umping that game, (laughs) and Steve McMichael went on the mic, because he was doing that, and uh, said, yeah, this umpire needs some new glasses or whatever. And there's a video of it on YouTube, and Angel Hernandez turns around and stares him down, and basically Angel Hernandez tossed him out of the stadium. That's hilarious. He he literally did. That's and hilarious. Yeah, so that's, I guess, kind of the one. I don't know. I think yeah. that was a weird from Pollard. It yeah, was weird. I understand where he's coming from because Kawhi was like a big piece of that franchise, but he did leave kind of on a sour note. Um, and I think the fans booing him is perfectly justifiable. Um yeah, like like my same opinion with Russ, where he left on a kind of a weird note. The fans boom booed him when he came back. I think it's perfectly reasonable, and I think for a coach to step in and be like, "Guys, stop that!" doesn't really make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand. You know, the Spurs are like a very historic kind of classy franchise. That's and they, true. They are one of the more classy. And ones that's in the NBA, and maybe they think it reflects like, poorly on them. But they're they're the team that 
Knock on wood, because it's going to happen now. There's no scandals. Uh, Josh Primo. Other yeah, but he him. was gone so fast. Yeah, yeah. That, that. Honestly, I forgot about that. That's how quickly mm-hmm. they dealt with that. Unfortunate Canadian Josh Primo. <laughs> but, like, besides that, historically. Can't think of anything else. And there's it's not one thing. Yeah. I can think of at least. Not, like, off the courts. Not, not bad things. No. Not like, oh, yeah, I guess Kawhi Leonard sitting out is a bad thing, but it's not. It's not, it's not bad, like a scandal, not of, yeah. like the organization, like the commanders have had a whole bunch of stuff, and the Las Vegas Raiders, the Las Vegas off-field Raiders. <laughs> but yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean. There is a big difference between. Yeah. But so, I, like, I kind of understand it, but at the same time, it's like the fans are going to boo, so just let them boo. There's no reason to interject and try and get them to stop because it's going to make it worse, and it did make it worse. It did. Like, they're so, obviously going to just be like, "What the heck?" And then just yeah, keep they going. aren't going to be like, "I'm sorry, Greg. Sorry, Mr. Popovich." You know what? He's right. <laughs> Coach is right, guys. Th- yeah, true. <laughs> Come on, guys, listen up to Mr. Popovich. <laughs> Knock it off. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just it's gonna make it worse than it did. So I understand where they were coming from, maybe. Uh, but at the same time, I understand the fans, and I understand why the fans wanted to boo. So mm-hmm. I have no issue with it. Uh, some stuff I wanted to touch on is just like surprising standings in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the Western Conference, the Grizzlies three and eleven. Which, I mean, no John Morant, but we figured Desmond Bain would kind of step up and be that guy, which he's he's been able to score. Yeah. But What was my cake at the starting of the year? He, 20, he would average more than He would average more than Jaw. Which, which I think could still happen. Yeah, because who knows how much longer Jaw is. He's much, got... Was game 40? Was it 40? No, it's 25. 25. Oh, okay. They're 14 games. Or, yeah, 14 games. Okay, so he'll be another month. So, that's not so, too bad. So the, the midseason John Morant lead him to the promised land is incoming. Oh, but he's going to have to become the best point guard in the well, NBA. Well, the thing is, too, round. Marcus Smart has been out. Yes. He's done for a while. And Steven Adams is out for the year. Yeah, Marcus Smart is like six weeks or something. Oh, Steven Adams is out for the season. Yeah. That's crazy. Which that happened before the season. but I, I mean, there's that. I think Jaron Jackson is definitely serviceable as your number one. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. 100%. Um, That's a big I don't know. I looked though. at their bench, and I was like, I don't know. What, what's are. his name? Aldama? Aldama. Vlad Kancar. Kancar? Damn. Uh, okay. That's Can- that. Concar? Conchar? Conchar? That's Anyways. that made-up Chonchar. Right? Chonchar, something. Vlad yeah. Chonchar. Yeah. <laughs> like, people that it's like, who are you? But, <laughs> who? There was a guy that was, oh, I think it was the, the Raptors game. I think Orlando brought him in, and I was like, I've never seen this person in my life. I love watching games like that when it's a blow, and you just see some random guy, and you're like, who oh, yeah. the heck are you? Back and of the just bench. like, oh, this guy's from Serbia. And that's the, they don't know any other information yeah. on him. But He plays basketball. Fun yeah. facts, he has two parents. Uh, he grew up on Earth. Yeah. He breathes. <laughs> yeah. He plays for the Orlando and Magic. Uh, Niljakovic Volchovamanka from Vich. Yeah. <laughs> Nikola Jankovic from um, yeah Serbia. Yeah, they're yeah. I don't know. It's I find it interesting when you just see like random players. But yeah, yeah. their <laughs> bench, funny. their bench, um, is not good. No, not a lot of depth. But speaking of the Magic, they were my team that's surprising for the East. They're ten and five, second seed. Well, tied. It's like a fourteen tie for second seed uh, at ten and five. They looked very very good against the Raptors. Yeah, they're, they're a good they team, man. And they won yesterday too. They're on like a four-game winning streak, I think. Three-game winning streak. Um, they are on a five-game winning streak. <coughs> Whoa! Let me let me check here. That could be okay. The only team with a higher winning streak is the Thunder. Uh, who's another team that is? Yeah. Yes, but they. 
We don't need to speak I'm, about yeah, what's currently happening yeah. with the Thunder. No, that's true. No, 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 no. I know, but I'm I'm not. But yeah, yeah, no. There's yeah. there's solid team. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to talk about some teams that have surprising records. Houston I mean, Rockets. Houston, yes, Houston yeah. has looked a lot better. They're what seven six. It's pretty good. But I mean, compared to expectations going into the season, maybe. Yeah. I think they're definitely better. blowing those out of the water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Warriors are seven and nine. Which um, they've missed Curry for a couple games. Missed Draymond for listen, a couple games, All I'm obviously. saying is... Le- Unfortunately, not look good at all. Yeah. Really. LeBron has never let the Warriors get off to a 7-9 and nine start since he came into the league. So. It's true. Prove me wrong, haters. LeBron has also never been beaten in a play-in game. That's 4-0. true. 4-0. He's also way better at being named LeBron James than Steph Curry <laughs> way is. Way better. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh... Lakers have clinched a spot in the next round of the play-in tournament. They're taking it seriously yeah, oh yeah. out there no, in Los Angeles. And I'm not even surprised by that. They're not messing around. LeBron is like, yeah, I got a limited number of years. I am I am I'm getting more play-in tournaments than Jordan. I'm taking this 500 grand. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's going to separate the GOAT debate. When LeBron wins the in-season tournament and Jordan doesn't have one. Hate to say it. It's another ring. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have more to talk about. I don't, I don't. think so. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in once again this week to the Armchair Athletes. Uh, If you can't tune in, make sure you listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or cmru.ca as a podcast. Um, Socials. Okay, here we go. Run run the the, the gauntlet. Let's go through. See the sweat. TikTok at Armchair Athletes. Instagram at the Armchair Athletes. At Twitter is at Chair Athletes. Almost stumbled there. You you got to kill it. YouTube. Oh YouTube. yeah, we've got YouTube, and I don't know if the at makes a difference, but it's at armchair the armchair athletes one ninety six. Boom. Thank you for listening, folks. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you.